Continuing our Hitchcock Palooza, woohoo! With uh, this week, we are talking about Suspicion. Suspicion is a 1941 film. It stars Cary Grant, Joan Fontaine, Cedric Hardwick, Nigel Bruce. Uh, is obviously directed by Alfred Hitchcock. Yes, uh, it was written by a number of people. So give me uh-huh. bear with me for a moment. Yep. Uh, Samson Raphaelson, Raphaelson, who also wrote Heaven Can Wait and Shop Around the Corner. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joan Harrison, who worked very much with Hitchcock. Yes, she was. She yeah. did Rebecca and Foreign Correspondent and Jamaica Inn. Mm-hmm. She basically stopped writing after she got married. Mm-hmm. Um, but interesting about her, she was one of three female producers, like mm-hmm. under contract. She, at the yeah, time. like there weren't a lot of female producers, and she was one yeah. of them. And I, I thought that was really cool. Yeah. And then the biggie, uh, Alma is it Reveille? Reveal whatever Al- uh, Alma Reveal, yeah, Mrs. Hitchcock. Yes, like she was. She was his chief collaborator. Anything he wanted to make, he ran by his wife first, mm-hmm. which I think is an excellent idea. And I am on board with this. But he always ran it by her first. And if she didn't like it, he didn't make it. And mm-hmm. I think that is really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's based on the novel by Anthony Berkeley. Yes. Uh, it has an IMDb rating. Wow. Let me try that again. Mm-hmm. It has an IMDb rating of 7.4 out of 10. Mm-hmm. 97% on Rotten Tomatoes, of course. Um, and I did, like I said, I looked up older reviews. Both New Yorker and Variety really liked it. Or the New York, it was the New Yorker. It was New York, whatever. But the news, <laughs> one of the newspapers in New York. I tried to get like mo- like at least more than one. Yeah. Um, so Variety and mm-hmm. and that really liked it. They they all were very complimentary of Joan Fontaine and Cary Grant. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joan Fontaine would go on to win an Oscar for this movie. Yes. Rumor is Cary Grant was very pissed about that yes. fact. However... I also throw in the fact that Cary Grant got screwed over on the Oscars a lot. A lot, yeah. So it, it tracks. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the I was reading, because this, this is a thing that happens with the Oscars of somebody gives, like, an amazing, phenomenal performance in a movie and doesn't win. And then they're up for something, like, a year or two later. Yeah. And it's like... Yeah, okay, that was fine. And they give it to him for that. Yes. It, like, basically, it kind of, ha- like, it happened with Leonardo DiCaprio. Like, he should have won for Revolutionary Road, and he didn't. <laughs> and so then they finally, like, well, okay, let's give it to him for The Revenant. I mean, it happened with, um, oh, man, the name just le- left my brain. Uh, Catherine Hepburn. Yeah. She got it's, it for the lion in winter. She tied with someone else. And yeah. She should have won it years before. Yeah. And so that, that's yeah. kind of what happened with this was like, everybody was like, oh no, John, Fon- John Fontaine absolutely should have won this for Rebecca and it didn't happen. So yeah. when she was up for suspicion, they're like, yeah, okay, let's go ahead and like give it to her. It, it happens with the Oscars. Cause she, they, but she does give a great performance. In oh, this she, well, she so. does. Yeah. Um, no, like that's 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 always like the thing about the Oscars is like yeah. you you look at stuff that wins. As much as I love Julie Andrews, the only reason she won for Mary Poppins is because she got screwed over on My Fair Lady, Lady. and everybody in Hollywood knew, knew it. it. So Audrey Hepburn was never going to win the, no. the Oscar for My Fair Lady. It wasn't going to happen. No, but uh, but yeah, the sorry, the, no side. <laughs> it's yeah. I just had to get I just had to get into that. But uh the the brief synopsis for this movie is a shy young heiress marries a charming gentleman and soon begins to suspect he is planning to murder her. 
Um, as you mentioned, this is based on um, a novel by uh, Anthony, Berth- Anthony Berkeley. Berkeley. Mm-hmm. Um, and the novel is called Before the Fact. And I, uh, I did buy the book on Kindle. And so I was reading through it this week. Um, there are some notable differences. Um, there, like, there are some notable differences between the book and the movie. However, I don't, like, I don't think they would have necessarily made the movie any better or worse, because it's, um, like, and also the, the novel takes place over a span of like 10 to 12 years yeah, and so it's like does not feel that long this no this absolutely like, does not maybe a couple years maybe a couple maybe five maybe like five is like the limit of what i would yes. say. yes and it's very amorphous with time in this movie though yes like it, time is very amorphous it really at is at one point they said it had been a week since the thing happened and i thought it had been a lot longer than a week mm-hmm. so yeah it, time is really yeah it's timey-wimey um but the with the novel it does take place because i think like lena and johnny like don't get married until she's like 30 and then she's into her 40s when the novel ends and so they're like i said they're this takes place well over a decade um johnny doesn't just you know he he's he's a he's a bit of a thief he's a forger he's um, a <laughs> yeah um he um and he's He's a lot more cruel in the book mm-hmm. than he is in the movie. Because, I mean, you can't have Cary Grant that, do that. That is part of it. I think that's, that is that's part a piece of it. of it. I also think the other piece of it is, as an audience member, it's it, it builds the tension better if mm-hmm. he doesn't have those. Also, we talked about the Hayes Code. There are certain things they yes. could not do in this film that they did in the book. Like, I read in the trivia, he had, like, a kid with the Ethel. It, yeah, it, because in the, um, in the novel, he does, what happens is... Is that a piece of Lena's jewelry goes missing, and and basically like through like con- like talking to Johnny about it, she starts to suspect that her maid in her in in the novel her maid's name is Ella, and that Ella stole it, and that also Ella has started to get a bit like persnickety, and you know a bit uppity for a servant and these kind of things and so she's basically like talking to johnny and is and is like you know like i i think it might be time to let ella go and he's like yes you are absolutely right and so she dismisses ella and and you know like five years go by and and um in this movie like the woman that she talks to like the woman who's in a car and like pulls up alongside of her like yeah. uh mrs newsham yeah in the book like it's they don't like each other at all but it's society so they kind of have to to keep around each other yeah you kind of get that vibe in this too yeah it's like but miss in this mrs newsham only shows up once in the book she you know she's kind of a recurring character and and in the book literally like she tells lena at certain points she's like oh you know like i saw your maid ella she's she's working at a like a grocer's in bournemouth and blah 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 like if you go up there like you should really stop in and see her (laughs) and and lena's just like okay weird and like a lot of time passes and finally like mrs newship like she can't fucking stand it like she (laughs) she goes to lena's for tea and 
And Lena is just like, doo, doo, doo. and Mrs. Newsham is like, I have to run an errand. You're coming with me. It's like, I'm, but, but that actually is almost nice. Like, yeah. She's not just well, telling hold on, her. Hold on. I'm getting to a thing. Yeah. So, so then, you know, she, she, she get, they go into Bournemouth. They pull up into the street where, you know, where this like grocery shop is and, and Mrs. Newsham is just like, oh, gee, like, the place I have to go to is over here. Like, why don't you go in and see Ella while I do this? And fucking bamps, like, just straight up, like, takes off running down the street, like, to this completely, like, made-up errand that she has to do. And so Lena's just like, okay, this is just kind of weird. But, I mean, I'm here, so I'll go in. And she goes in, and, like, and things are real awkward with Ella, and then she's like, oh, you know, Ella, like, I heard you had a little boy. And Ella's like, yeah, no, he's not here. He's not here. And he's he's out playing. And she's like, oh, okay. And then they just stand around awkwardly for a few minutes. And then, like, just as she's getting ready to leave, the little boy walks in. And it's just very clear whose <laughs> son that he is. And, and so she comes out of the grocers and like gets into Mrs. Newsham's car and Mrs. Newsham is just like, okay, finally, you saw the thing that I wanted you to know. She, they don't speak a word. They continue, like they continue home. And then they're like, okay, great. Now, you know, this thing, bye. And like, (laughs) she drives off. So now Lena, you know, she's at home by herself and is like, oh, okay. So, Huh. So, okay, this is all Johnny's doing. So, I'm probably going to guess that it wasn't Ella who stole my jewelry, that it was him, and he just used Ella as, like, all this going on to, like, get her out of here. And she starts, like, heading up the stairs to go to her room, and as she's on the stairs, the door opens, and and Johnny comes in, and Johnny is talking to someone, and he's... And she's like, no, 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 Johnny, like, I shouldn't be here. He's like, oh, no, no, it's fine. You couldn't, like, we can be here. It's fine. Lena's gone off with with Mrs. Newsham to do stuff, so we can totally be here. It's fine. Yeah, Johnny's having an affair with her best friend, Janet. Yeah, that's Johnny. Yeah. See, and, and, and well, hold on. And then, played. Yeah, and then, but then it comes out, um, hold on, like, I, I have, <laughs> um, so she, like, she just kind of, like, sneaks away and like i can't handle this right now and so that night you know he just you know just starts playing like oh yeah no everything's perfect like everything's great and and starts um and then like she finally like brings it up like like finally like confronts him with all of this even though like that wasn't her plan he pushes her into it and and she confronts him on it and and he he basically starts telling her that uh like it's not just like it's not just janet it's not just ella it's it's basically anything with a vagina and a pulse like in their postcode and and that he keeps a he keeps a flat in bournemouth and and like that like he keeps a flat in Bournemouth like and that's where he has like all of his affairs and and all this kind of stuff. And that is a very different characterization than we get in the movie. Because mm-hmm. I contend in the movie he loves her. Yes, he like, does. In the well, movie, and, I absolutely contend he loves and her. And in the um point in the novel, she has like there's you know there's this young writer who 
Lena has kind of taken a shine to like she just thinks this young man is like that he's he's brilliant and she you know, she's trying to kind of like be in, like a patron of the arts kind of thing and like yeah. he, you know help out this young man and so at this point like when Lena is basically like like confronting him with okay so you've slept with basically everybody in our county and he's he's like oh well what about you and she's like, I'm sorry what and and he. And like and, you know, and he's telling her, he's like, well, you know, like, like you're bringing all this up to me, but you have, you know, this young man, like, you can't be a hypocrite. And she's like, okay, what? And that's what he tells her. He's like, he says, you know, deny it if you like. It's like, but you don't think I don't know how any woman of thirty five will fall for a young man who tells her that she doesn't look as old as she does. It's like it used to make me laugh to hear him laying on to laying it on so thick. But as I say, I didn't mind. And and so now she's like, she's just beside herself with rage. She's like, no. She's like, but even if it had been true, it's like it seems like you wouldn't have minded just as long as you could go on getting money out of me. And he says, of course. It's like, of course. What do you think I married you for? She's oh, it's come to that, has it? Yes, I think it's about time you had a few home truths too. So uh, as we're going in for home truths this evening, apparently. Um, I'm starting to get a bit sick of the smarmy, uh, sorry, I'm starting to get a bit sick of smarming to you for your damned money that you're so mean with. I'm afraid, my dear, I never really cared two straws about you. After all, I do like my women to be pretty, but I took it, I, but I took you in all right, didn't I? Good Lord, your people knew well enough what I was after, but you were so conceited you never guessed. Really, my dear girl, what use do you think a woman like you would have been to a man like me without your money? I believe you're under the impression that you've been what they call a good wife to me. Well, all I can say is I'd sooner have a wet fish in my bed. See, and I, yeah. I appreciate they didn't do, do that in the movie. It does make it even because the ending has changed as well. Mm-hmm. But if the, if the ending had stayed the same, even mm-hmm. it would have made things much more clearly good and bad. Mm hmm. In the movie, Johnny is just devil may care. Mm-hmm. He admits to being a playboy before they ever get married. Yes. he He's a gambling addict for mm-hmm. sure. But he does at the end of the day love his wife and want his wife to think well mm-hmm. of him. He's just in a tough spot because yeah. he's done something remarkably stupid. Yeah. Um, and so, so, yeah, it's an interesting, like, I'm kind of glad... We'll talk about it about the movie, but I'm kind of glad they didn't go that route. Yeah, because I well, think and- it makes it it makes us more in her mindset about it. Yes, like we're more divided. Granted, it's also Cary Grant, so like audiences were divided. That was kind of the whole yes. thing. Um, and like I'm I'm gonna go ahead and kind of I, I'm just gonna get like all mm-hmm. the book stuff out yeah, of the way. Yeah. So when it gets to the point of because in in the in the movie and because you know the movie has like a very limited amount of time to kind of get us from point a to point b so the breadcrumbs are a little bigger yeah and and so it it makes things like very clear and very direct but lena like she just kind of every once in a while she'll kind of have these huh kind of moments and like um like once you know start suspecting that that maybe johnny might be trying to kill her for her money um, because it, in the, it doesn't do it in the movie. Um, but in the book, you know, cause in the movie we have the whole, like she's, she suspects of, she suspects him of killing 
Beaky, his friend. Um, in the novel, she suspects that, but she also has the suspicion that he killed her father. Um, Which could put in this movie at some point, too. Yes. Yeah. Well, because because everything like with her father happens off screen. Yeah. In the novel, they go to her parents for Christmas. You know, her father has like a weak heart and, you know, like a history of hypertension and all this. And he's been told by his doctors, like, you shouldn't drink. Don't overexert yourself. And, you know, because this was of a time when after dinner, the ladies went into the sitting room and the men like went and had cigars and brandy. And so the only men, it's Johnny and General McLaidlaw and um, and Lena's brother-in-law because lena has a sister in the book and so um the general like is start like he he can't find his glasses and so the brother-in-law goes to look for the glasses and in the time while the brother-in-law is gone the general has a heart episode and dies like and so johnny was the only one in the room it's not until like four years after her dad is dead that lena comes across like a notebook and johnny has like written down like the specifics of the the like the maladies that her father had Mm -hmm. and in these descriptions it's saying you know no alcohol no overexertion you know eat well these kind of things and so it's christmas they've overeaten you know, he he drinks yeah. way more than he should, and so she suspects that Johnny got him to overexert himself, and that killed him. But, you know, she can't prove it. And so then it's, you know, a couple of years after that, the thing with Beaky happens, and then once Beaky is dead is when she starts to suspect that, you know, he's trying to kill her. And, and it comes in just these kind of little moments, but the thing, and like, I don't care for the way that the book is written in a lot of ways, Mm -hmm. just because it all is from Lena's point of view and she is kind of an unreliable narrator. And the way that she was written, she's just, she's very flighty. She's very nervy. She's anxious all the time. Mm -hmm. And so she's just like fluttery is the only way that I can describe it. But in, in this one scene, they're having um, like, they've had like a dinner party. And, and so, um the you know the men kind of they do their cigars and brandy thing but then like they come and join the women like in a really short amount of time and lena thinks that's weird um but then um they're having like after dinner coffees and stuff and so this is like the first instance that lena starts to think wait is johnny trying to kill me and it's it's in this moment of you know he he hands you know cups around and then it says, she sipped at it unthinkingly. I noticed it tasted a little peculiar. Instantly, the thought jumped to her mind. Has Johnny put arsenic in it? She sipped it again. It was peculiar. Johnny would get a hold of a lot of money if he'd put arsenic in Lena's coffee. And Johnny nearly always wanted money. She thought in a detached way, am I going mad? She drank the rest of her coffee. Mm-hmm. Um... And then a little while later, um, at the time, against persuasion, against conviction, even she knew Johnny really did intend to bring about her death and she did nothing about it. But Lena was not frightened any longer. After the first shock, she had seen how extremely simple her solution was. She had only to buy back her life from Johnny. She only had to tell him that she knew he was in financial trouble, forgive him once more, forgive him once more too for forging her name and settle his debts. That was all. But somehow she never did it. 
And a dozen times, she packed a suitcase to run away and then unpacked it again when her nerves came back to her once more to normal. Um, and she could not decide whether to run away or not. And since with Lena, indecision meant inaction, she remained. And then we get, like, later, she just basically decides, you know, that if Johnny could have the heart to kill her just for her wretched money, she would let him do it. Um, and then we have, like, at the, or in the end, Lena's mind was made up. After all these years, she, uh, oh, yeah, this is another thing. Sorry, I just remembered this. Throughout the book, like, you know, Lena, like, she kind of, like, she wants to have a baby, and they just, it doesn't happen. Yeah. And, and so eventually she kind of like, she's kind of disappointed that she doesn't get pregnant. And then, and then starts to realize like, wait, no, it would be a terrible idea if Johnny, Johnny and I had children. And then the suddenly at the end of the book, after they've been married for 10 years and she's now in her forties, suddenly quote, she awoke to the realization she was going to have a baby. Um, and at all costs, Johnny must not be allowed to reproduce himself. Um, Lena crushed ruthlessly down the new urge to live that her condition had induced at all costs. Um, An illegal operation hardly entered into her mind. Suicide was terrible. Johnny's way was the easiest of all. Mm -hmm. Um, Lena felt much calmer when her decision had been made. So much of her married life had been spent in beating from one side of the cage to the other. It would be more peaceful just to sit and wait. Wow. Um, But then she starts to think, okay, yeah, I'm just going to let him kill me. But he's Johnny. He fucks things up. I'm going to have to help him do this. Wow. Um, Lena could not feel sure that Johnny would be careful. She would have to see to that herself as she always had. After a good deal of thought, she did two things. She went to the public library and read up on diseases of the heart, then called in her doctor and complained of the symptoms that she had learned. She was really overjoyed to be told that her heart was not altogether as healthy as it might be. That, at any rate, was something. Then, the other thing that she did was to write a letter to Isabel, which Isabel is a character we meet in the movie. She's the mystery writer. And so she writes this letter to Isabel and says, Dear Isabel, I have made it it my mind to commit suicide. When you open this, I shall have done it. I am writing to you because you're the most sensible person I know and won't think it necessary to tell the whole world what is purely a private affair of my own. The reason I'm telling you is just in case any trouble occurs about it afterwards. But I don't think there will be is I'm going to use the stuff that we talked about, being the untraceable poison. She says, I'm going to have a baby and I can't face it. With love, Lena Aysgarth. And then writes on on the envelope, to be opened in the event of my death. Um, and then sometime a little while later, like, she's just kind of waiting and waiting, like, okay, when is Johnny going to do it? Um, and, and, you know, she, she's given him all this cover, like they've, you know, she has gone to the doctor and got it confirmed that, oh yeah, her heart is not in the greatest health. So if she should suddenly die from that, okay, well, her heart gave out. Okay. No big deal. Or. You know, the other option, just absolutely so there could be no doubt, she has told Isabel, I'm killing myself. Well, and like I said, she just keeps waiting for Johnny to kill her. And she gets struck with the flu. And after she's been in bed sick for about three days is when Johnny comes into the bedroom. And um, and he comes in carrying a glass of milk. And... um. And Lena, like he comes, like he, uh, sorry, he, he was carrying a glass of milk on a little tray. Lena turned her head on the pillows and smiled at him. Johnny stood just inside the door looking at her. His face worked. 
The smile faded from Lena's lips. A single stab like an electric shock ran through her whole body. She knew beyond a doubt that the moment had come. Monkey face, I've, I've brought you this. In an instant, Lena's mind had mechanically reviewed the situation and found it safe. Johnny had not been silly. People die of influenza. Um, <laughs> so, um, she, you know, then like she sits up and she's just like, give it to me. Just give me the milk. And then he starts, he's like, uh, he kind of starts to hesitate and she notices there's some tears in his eyes and she's just, no, give me the milk. And, and she takes it, she drinks it, she asks him for a kiss, and after he kisses her, she tells him, you know, now go. And he's like, monkey face, I, go, darling. She did not want Johnny to see her die. Johnny went. Lena listened to his slow, shambling footsteps going down the stairs, so unlike Johnny's usual brisk tread. The tears came into her own eyes. Johnny would miss her terribly. He had gone into the morning room, and he would stay there, waiting. Lena could hardly believe she was going to die after she had lived so vividly. She had liked life in spite of what it had brought her. Uh, what would death be like? She was not exactly frightened of it, but, but it did seem a pity that she had to die. A tear trickled slowly down her cheek and onto the pillow. Yes, it did seem a pity that she had to die when she would have so much liked to live. The end. Yeah. And so it's literally like she, in the book, she is so much more of an enabler to Johnny than she is in the movie. Yeah. And literally the fact of like, okay, he's going to kill me. Well, if he does it, he's going to be an idiot about it. So I have to help him. I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah. It's wow. Yeah. Oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I'm sorry. I mean, I, <laughs> I knew, just, I knew vaguely how the book ended. I yeah. did not realize I did not realize the enabling portion. Like I knew she knew she was going to die and that she mm -hmm. knew he was poisoning her. But like the original ending of the movie, that is even, even that yeah. is not was going to happen because the Hayes code, they couldn't get away with murder. Yeah. In this book, he's going to get away with murder. Yeah. Like he's straight up going to get away with murdering his wife. Mm -hmm. That's horrible. Yeah. Wow. And it's all because she didn't want to have his kids. So she gave in. Well, it's, and it's not just that. It's, but the, it's everything else. Yeah. yeah. It's Wow. It's just, it, and the thing, like, the thing that comes through the book, like, over and over and over is because in, also in the book, like, after she finds out, you know, that he's been sleeping with, you know, every woman in their county. I'd be planning my own murder then, by the well, way. Well, it's like, she, <laughs> I love, like, she talk like, she's talking to a friend of hers, like, the one woman that Johnny hasn't slept with. And this woman is just like, okay, well, so divorce him. She's like, yes, I'm going to divorce him. No, wait, I can't do that. I love him too much. Yeah. And so then the woman is just like, okay, well, have your own affair. And she, she thinks about it. And this woman kind of sets her up with a dude so that, like, they can have an affair. Because at this point, Johnny has already admitted, like, I won't care. Like, yeah. go ahead and do it. I, I won't care. And she starts to, like, like she find, like she likes this dude and kind of, you know, starts to go for it. And then at the last second, it's just like, no, I, I love Johnny too much. I couldn't do that to him. I'm like, bitch, please. <laughs> I'm like, he's already done all this shit to you. I'm like, have divorce him. Yeah. Like, leave him. Yeah. If you but still no, love over, him, leave him. Over and over and over, it comes back to, oh, Johnny has done all these terrible things. And I'm like, oh, hold on. There was one line that I wanted to read. Um, because it's after, um, it's when she finds out, you know, that he's, 
Um, cause what it is, is he forges her signature on a check trying to get like 500 pounds for something. And, and if once she finds this out and, you know, she contacts the bank and, and just tells him like, oh no, like it, it was me. Like I signed it and yeah, it, the signature looks a little weird, but it's, you know, I sprained my wrist. And so that's, that's what it is. Like completely like letting him off the hook, but she's still angry with him. Yeah. Like she won't let him face public ridicule or punishment but 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 then we have you know like she's um thinking to herself and she says all day she repeated to herself johnny's punishment um that uh, this time she would stand no nonsense this time she would be absolutely firm not angry it was simply no use being angry with johnny it was no more good being angry at johnny than with a puppy that seals a chop off the kitchen table so they basically use that line yes he says but puppies have to be trained and johnny got to be trained too and then, you know, they have this whole, like, she basically just, like, lets it, like, they kind of have a little tiff over it. It's not, it's not, like, a big fight or anything. It's, uh-huh. it's really, but then over, it's, it's, like, Johnny, of course, was very quiet for a week or two after the episode of the check, grateful for the 400 pounds that she had gone ahead and given him, and he was most attentive to Lena. Then gradually, the money became a right instead of a favor, and Johnny rapidly began to forget that he had ever made an attempt at forgery. Mm-hmm. And so, like he ne- he never learns. He never learns anything from and what's that, happening. I think that is vaguely true in the movie. Yeah, but I think it's done because they it's, change a lot in the movie, and we'll get to yes, this in just like a second, it's vaguely yeah. true in the movie. But even like over the course of the movie, it's like by the time like we get to the end, we do see like okay, like he's grown, like he has changed some, has he? I mean, it's it's left up to interpretation. It's true. I want to say he has because Cary Grant and I love yes. Cary Grant. Also, I think it's funny. This is just talking about like the movie a little bit more mm-hmm. now. Yes, yes, yes. I, I just wanted to like get yeah. all of that kind of out. And I knew that, you know, like you hadn't read the books. Like yeah. I just wanted to like, okay, here's like some of the differences. <laughs> like he's real shit heel in the book. And, and some of the trivia on IMDb gave me some of that. Mm-hmm. Like the, the thing about the kid with, with the maid mm-hmm. and... Stuff like that. Oh, well, at one point, like, you know, they're, because she only gets, like, she only, you know, she gets, like, a, like, a, an allowance, like, from her father and things like that. And, and so then, like, he kind of, like, has to negotiate with her how much of that she's going to give him. And it's for things like, you know, oh, like, his, like, going, you know, on hunting trips and, you know, his membership to a gentleman's club and, and, you know, all these sort of things. And then, like, well, and then there's the upkeep on the car. And and she's like, well, you know, how how much does, like, upkeep on the car cost? And that's when he's like, oh, yeah, about 400 pounds. She's like, wow, okay, that, like, I mean, we could almost, like, just go and get a new car for that. But, I mean, sure, I'll go along with it. And then later she's talking to Mrs. Dusham and... And she's and she's saying like, oh yeah, Johnny had to go into Bournemouth. Like, ah, oh, there's something something wrong with the car, and we're having it fixed. And Mrs. Newsham is like, she's like, oh, okay, well, what's wrong? She's like, I have no idea. Like, Johnny just takes care of the car. And I mean, it's just so like dreadfully expensive. Like, I can't believe like you know four hundred pounds just to keep a car all here. And Mrs. Newsham is like, bitch, what are you talking about? It costs like forty dollars to maintain a car, <laughs> and it's just and she's like, oh huh okay and i'm like i what like red flags i'm like it's like a fucking carnival of red flags here lady yeah like yeah. just but she doesn't care because she loves johnny and i know and that does carry over to the movie mm-hmm. a little bit like yeah. and the original ending of the movie yes is that she writes a letter 
that Johnny has killed her. Basically, yeah. If I'm remembering correctly, she and so he brings the milk up. She asks him to send this letter off for yeah, her. Yeah, mail this letter for me. He she drinks the milk. He drives away and mails the letter, not knowing he's mailed off his doom. Yeah, and that's where the movie. That was ends. where the movie was supposed, yeah. supposed to end. That is not what happens because people could not believe that Cary Grant was a murderer. And thank you, people. Like I, I, I that would not happen today. I would have liked to have seen it. that's the biggest complaint this movie gets is they Mm -hmm. feel like the ending of the movie is very disjointed from the rest of the film i don't know that it's disjointed yeah but it does especially for a hitchcock movie yeah oh yeah it deflates that balloon so fast yeah that's sort of one of the things i love about it yeah because (laughs) how do i say this the right way i like i've watched once again and in the 40s this probably wouldn't have been as true yes but i have seen so so many repetitions of this particular plot. Yes. The, the way they did it here was refreshing, number one, because Johnny feels like he actually loves his wife. Mm-hmm. And if he is murdering her, it is a last resort. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I appreciate that aspect greatly. But also, the twist on, I was never going to kill you. I was going to kill myself. Yeah. <laughs> like, that twist, I don't know why. I think it's hilarious because she was so paranoid and everything. Yes. And he genuinely has never done anything to hurt her. Like, there are some menacing scenes. Yeah. Which they actually wanted to excise from the film and made the film 55 minutes long. <laughs> yep. So Hitchcock Because, as, as we talked about in our last yep. episode, Hitchcock... He did in-camera editing. Yeah, he yeah. did in-camera editing, yeah. But I just thought that was hilarious. Yeah. Because the, the studio did not want Cary Grant to seem intimidating. But, like, the biggest thing with this movie... um, Hollywood scandal wise, if mm-hmm. you will, is that the rumor is, and I have trouble believing this because Cary Grant was an angel. Just kidding. Um, <laughs> Cary pitched a fit because Joan Fontaine got all the attention from Hitchcock and he hated working with Hitchcock on this movie. He said he would never work with him again. And then he went on to make three more yeah. Hitchcock movies, which are especially North by Northwest is one of like the most highly regarded mo- Hitchcock yeah. movies. So I think it's hilarious that he was like, but basically it was because Hitchcock spent too much time on the leading lady and he felt a, a little bit like, um, not fair. Yeah. He got paid way more than she had. Oh she God. Yeah. Movie, he got paid like so. $40,000 more than she did. Yeah. And Hitchcock was working on a weekly salary. Yeah. He was pissed. Yeah. Cause this, because this was, this was still early Hitchcock. Yeah. Like he hadn't quite, proved himself yet because after this I will, movie is when they started putting his name it, in the yes titles, because yeah. because you know like, the movie that we're going to talk about next i mean we're i'll just go and say we're gonna we're gonna cover rebecca because you know joan fontaine she was in rebecca the yep. year before this and so uh, like to me like rebecca and like the first time no joke the first time that i watched rebecca it wasn't until the end of it, like, when credits start rolling, that I was like, oh, wait, fuck, this is a Hitchcock movie? Same. Like, yeah. Rebecca and this, they don't feel so much like Hitchcock movies. Like, they're good movies. Yes. But they don't feel like signature Hitchcock. This one is where they're st- he's starting Th- this to This is where, his- yes, yeah. he starts that. And it's that's something that wouldn't really, like, gain a lot of traction until later, because, you know, like, we covered, you know, Strangers on the Train, and that was in 51. So mm-hmm. that's a full decade after this. Mm-hmm. And so he had, t- like, Strangers on the Train, is, it's a Hitchcock movie. Yeah. It feels like, because, like, in this, there's no, there's no, like, repetitive motifs. There's no, like, the most, like, 
the only real like motif that you get it doesn't come from Hitchcock it comes from it comes from the uh the it comes from the score it comes mm-hmm. from the music yeah it's like that that wasn't Hitchcock I'm like that was you yep. know that was the man who like who composed the music for the movie and it's yeah it doesn't necessarily feel like a Hitchcock movie but it's but it still manages to ratchet up the tension in a lot of ways oh, yeah. and especially by the time you get to the the driving scene yeah especially by the yeah. time you get to to the very end and you know i will say in a way like i'm of the hitchcock movies that i have seen this one almost like this one feels like the closest to like an actual romance yeah of yeah like of of like the the other ones that I've seen, yeah. Um, Notorious has some of that in it, it and it's and, a and I, yes, it's like, but that that has a lot to do with the fact like he was ride or die for Ingrid Bergman, yeah. Like, but I mean, also North by Northwest has a romance in it, yeah. To Catch a Thief has a romance in it. Um, Carrie's movies always end up having romance because yes. it was Carrie Grant. I mean, Rear Window is I think a little bit between Grace Kelly and and Jimmy Stewart, and Jimmy Stewart. yeah. Um, there's always like this romance like element to it, yeah. But it doesn't take the forefront. I mean, Psycho is is obviously the the creepy <laughs> creepiest of romances, but it, and I don't even know if you call it a romance. No, it's just the no. Criminal Minds episode. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, before it's time. But yeah, like it's it's very a lot of his earlier mm-hmm. stuff, especially like, and that's probably why I enjoy the Cary Grant mm-hmm. movies of his so much because mm-hmm. well, I've actually seen all of those. It's been a yes. while since I've seen Notorious. That's that's the one I've seen the least. That same like I know that I've seen I know that I've seen Notorious and To Catch a Thief and, and mm-hmm. all that because like, you know as I've said before on this podcast like weekends that I spent with my dad if we didn't get out and go to the movies we just stayed at home and watched whatever yeah. was on TCM. And they did, you know, they did, like, runs of, you know, a day of Hitchcock or whatever. And yeah. so, like, I know that I've seen those. It's it's definitely just been a while. Yeah. Well, and I mean, the, the Cary Grant ones, once again, because I'm a huge Cary Grant fan, I've yeah. seen not every movie he's made. I won't, I won't say that. <laughs> but I've seen a lot of his movies. Yes. And and so the, the Hitchcock ones, there was this grasp of, like, this one aside, mm-hmm. uh, he was always the debonair, like... He's charming in this movie too, mm-hmm. but like he always had this like wink and a wink and a nudge to him, yes. like, like this sparkle. We talk about like with David Boreanaz <laughs> and stuff like that. Like he, I see he, that he like, twinkles at you, yeah, he twinkles at you, and he does that in this movie too, but less so because he's such a failed con artist mm-hmm. in this. Whereas like the only other movie that I would compare to this, because most of the time he, and once again, I haven't seen all of his movies, but of the ones I have seen, mm-hmm. there's one called Mr. Lucky where he's a down yes. on his luck gambler. Yeah. Most of the movies, he's not like that. Like he may be down on his luck. He may have problems, but he always is clearly the hero of mm-hmm. the story. And this is obviously not necessarily the case, mm-hmm. but yeah. So it's an interesting, like, this one, because once again, it's so early in Cary Grant stuff, even because mm-hmm. his like he would get more and more. Yeah, because he did Indiscreet, he did Notorious with Ingrid Bergman, he did the Hep- movies with Hepburn. His mm-hmm. movies with Hepburn and have I, a yeah, special place in my I heart. I think, I think the other thing like about this movie that that makes it a little bit different is because Cary Grant had the ability. To, like, simultaneously be the, like, the charming, you know, kind of, like, debonair, like, 
yeah. um, suitor or whatever, as well as like ha- like a little bit like a slight not much but like yeah. a slight roguish twinkle yeah. with but also rolling in the ability like with like the like the screwball comedy stuff that we get like yeah. later on and so there are times like in like he had an ability to just kind of like have all of that like right at the surface and kind of ebb and flow between mm-hmm. like between like any given like second within a scene and like whereas like Jimmy Stewart had a little bit of that but he didn't have the same grasp on it that yeah. that Cary Grant well, did and Grant started in vaudeville yeah he so did that, that's and, a huge piece of that well and um yeah, it's just and the other like the other thing about this There's something about his energy in this movie. Sorry. Yeah. Like he does have like this like I'm not going to sit still for more than 10 seconds. Yeah. In except in scenes where it's just me and Lena. Yeah. Other than that, he, he's but, always yeah. flighting. The, but, yeah, the the other point that I was going to make is is that um I absolutely I love and adore Nigel Bruce so fucking much. Yes. Because like I grew up like on all of the Nigel Bruce, Nigel Bruce, Basil Rathbone, uh, Sherlock Holmes movies, mm-hmm. where where he play, where Nigel Bruce plays Doctor Watson, Watson yeah. and um, I like I love them so much. They're like Hound of the Baskervilles is one of like my comfort movies. I like if if I'm sick or whatever, I will put it on. It's just I love it. And in this, because and this, this actually, like, this came out, like, a couple of years after, like, Hound of the Baskervilles and Adventures mm-hmm. of Sherlock Holmes. Like, he was already established as Dr. Watson when when he did this movie. But there is something, like, you buy, you really buy in this movie that, that Beaky mm-hmm. and Johnny, you know, that they were the, you know, the... They were at, you know, like Eaton or something like that together. They've been and buddies for a long that they've, time. That they've been buddies for a long time. And and because, you know, Nigel Bruce, he had that kind of, you know, playing the kind of sidekick character to the lead. Mm-hmm. He does that so well yeah. in this movie. Beaky is 100% uh, Johnny's sidekick. Yeah. And I and love he, it. He, yeah. he brings something to the... And the fact that... It doesn't really get as much into it in the book, but in this, like, there's, like, a genuine affection between Beaky mm-hmm. and Lena that really sells a lot of this movie. The family dynamic, yeah. Yeah, it really sells it. And so, like, you, you like, yeah, I, like, I, it adds an element to it. And, like, the first, like, because I, I only watched this, like, I, I had seen it before, mm-hmm. But I borrowed it from the library a few months ago and was just like, God damn, I like this movie. Yeah. I would say and, this and Notorious are the two I've seen the least of, yeah. of the Cary Grant Hitchcock movies. Mm-hmm. But I, I I saw Suspicion more recently than Notorious, actually. Yeah. But yeah, it's, but the, it's a different. Yeah. yeah, re-watching it last night, just something hit me of like, uh, there's a lot of this that doesn't work without Beaky. Yeah. And... And again, like there, there are just there, there are moments like in scenes of like where, where like Nigel Bruce, like Beaky is just kind of like rambling on, and you just see like the amusement on Cary Grant's face, and I love it. It's, it's like what I talked about when I talked about him and Hepburn. Yeah, he just you just he likes to just watch somebody, and yes, at least as a character, usually his characters like to just watch and laugh and enjoy people. Like, mm-hmm. and and so yeah, he and Beaky have that. 
he's a but he's a bumbling fool, but I love him. Yeah. And like that's the thing about like Joan Fontaine is good in this and her mounting paranoia and stuff is fabulous. Yeah. The way that like and we're gonna get into it as part of the movie, the way that she like rationalizes things to herself mm-hmm. and, and stuff is so obvious and so good. But the way, like, you were talking about with Cary Grant, like, he has the screwball stuff right on top. But there is this, like, menacing thing yeah. that can come through. He didn't get to play it often. Mm-hmm. But in this movie, like, he has that, like, affable good guy mm-hmm. on top. But you can see lurking underneath, there could be something more sinister. Yeah, the, I, I was watching, I was watching some of the special features of, uh, like a special feature, like a, a a featurette on the DVD. And, and I don't remember who it was. It was either like a film historian or cause you know, they had like, um, Robert Osborne and Aww. I know, like I heard Rick his voice. I heard I his voice like before it cut to him. And I was just like, Oh, Robert Osborne. The voice of my TCM. I know. Oh. Um, but like so it had him and you know like director like peter bogdanovich and he said like film historians and people you know like all like kind of talking about this movie and one of them like made the point like the thing about Cary grant is that you know like with his coloring of like you know like the very like tan Mm -hmm. like you know he's very tan but you know like but with like the darker features and everything kind of juxtaposed with the very like jolly kind of affable persona mm-hmm. that having that juxtaposition kind of made him like an ideal Hitchcock lead it's true. because yeah. And I was like, Oh damn, I never thought about that. Mm-hmm. Like that's mm-hmm. actually a very good point because it is that like that level of like duplicity, like that mm-hmm. is, uh, or like duality like that is the like that is a very hitchcock thing and you know combining that with you know we we talked about you know like the the hitchcock blondes before yeah having that like joan fontaine she's very much a hitchcock blonde yes of you know someone who's very you know like someone who's just very kind of you know frail and kind of um like needs to kind of be looked after like to an extent but has you know i think that's the hardest thing for me with this movie is i love the Cary grant movies where the woman is giving just as good as he gives yeah and that doesn't happen because that's not the characters that's not the the characters and see i i like it it was interesting it was it provides a different side of of both of those yes people and see and that's the like one of the reasons why i like it is because it basically immediately after i finished this movie i was just like god damn it now i want to watch people will talk mm. because i love because talk. That, i know because that is a movie where and it's like with this one like yes like Cary grant like i i did not put that together yes yes oh my god that movie and this movie have some similarities yes because oh because as much as i love the like the Cary grant like like his leading ladies like being you know like equal to him and like the like just the equality and like the back and forth and like the very like screwball banter the screwball like the ballsy women i love that because like yes i'm like cary grant like he like he he could keep he could keep up with the best of them and like they work so well because it is such a give and take but i like i always like you know the thing that's that's just different from that like as you know as much as i love yes like the thing that you're good for it's great 
feed me. I'm here for yeah. it. But I also like the thing that's different. Seeing and that's the that flip side, yeah. Seeing the flip side. And so in this, in Suspicion and in People Will Talk, like in People Will Talk, like you have like his his leading lady. It's like she's a character, I'm like like she's she's willing to take care of herself, but he wants to take care of her. Yeah. And and that's in this too. It's like yeah. You know, like Lena's fine. Like she like her existence, she's coasting along, she's fine. But then she meets him and it's like he's he's enticed by her, he's intrigued by her. Yes, he probably wants her for her money. That's uh, but she doesn't really have the money in the movie. That's the thing. She gets a 500 like 500 pounds a month allowance and that's it. She yeah. has nothing else. Yeah. Like, he knows someday she'll come into money, but as she points out to yeah. him after they get married, you could have married someone else if you were only married yeah. for money. But it, but at the same, there, like, the hints in this movie of, like, you know, that he does, like, he wants to take care of her. Yes. Despite the fact that he does, like, put her in these situations and, like, yes. he does kind of hurt her in some ways. It feels almost more like a real relationship. Like, yeah. what we would see, like, the... With, like, the type of person who's, like, a gambler or mm-hmm. that kind of person who's, like, the, got got that, um, what is the word I'm trying to think of? Um, compulsive behavior, almost. Yeah. Like, not, you know what I'm trying to say? Like the addictive not, tendencies. Addictive tendencies. Thank you. My brain would not, ugh. I'm here for you, boo. People with, like, addictive tendencies want that. They want yeah. to, like, be with the person they love and take care of them and do better. But then, you know, in Johnny's case, the horses call and he must answer. Mm-hmm. And like he has no willpower. Yeah. Love Johnny. Boy's got no willpower. Yeah. He was never going to, I don't think he was ever going to follow through with any plan that no. he's ever put into motion. No, never. And I love Johnny, but that's, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, and so, it's, yeah, he's, it, it yeah. feels, whereas the novel, it's like, oh, he married her for her money and now he's going to kill her for her money. This is, he married her because she had money. Yeah. But he also enjoyed being around her, wanted to take care of her. And and I think was fascinated by this, the person who didn't fall at his feet, but then he realized quickly she was falling at his feet. Yeah. So he was fascinated by her whole, like, why she was the way she was, yeah. I think. And like you said, he fell for her very quickly. But then, you know, he made dumb decision after dumb decision and hurt her and hurt her mm-hmm. and then tried to make it better and then ended mm-hmm. up making it worse. Like, it's just, he's that, yeah. he is that kind of character that I think is fascinating and and so wonderful. Mm-hmm. And like I said, Cary Grant did not to play that type of, mm-hmm. of fascinating very often. Yeah. It's like, you know, he, like, throughout his career, he, he did play a lot of characters who kind of had this, you know, like, Benedict and Beatrice kind of, yeah. you know, kind of relationship with, you know, with... But he but, also played characters who were usually getting themselves back together or were back together. Yeah. Not, not that were devolving and falling apart. Yes. That that's and my, so yeah, yeah, it's you know like I just I liked I liked that dichotomy yeah of and yeah. so I think that's like I do one thing that I love about this movie specifically in like the Cary Grant ovure mm-hmm. of like because it is like despite the fact that, like he is doing these things that do that you know he like the things that he does it causes problems and you understand why she and, should leave him you and absolutely yeah back that play like but the way that he but you plays, also understand why she stays yes yeah yeah because that's in like in the movie 
I I get it. Yeah, in the book, no. From in the book, absolutely not. No, absolutely not. But in the movie, you can see it. Like, mm-hmm. like there is this tenderness and this passion between them mm-hmm. that she's never felt before with anyone. Because like we start the movie just to actually finally get into the movie, yeah. an hour into the podcast, because uh, they meet in like a tunnel, and it's like in a train, really cute, yeah, meet cute, and it's completely dark at the beginning as he's saying, "Excuse me, I thought that didn't know that was your leg." <laughs> Yeah, but like, he's oh, I'm yeah. To con his way into first class. She figures out who he is because she's got like the society pages, but she helps him essentially pay his way into first class. He basically sw- sweet talks his way into staying in first class. Mm-hmm. And then we see that he sees her at a hunt and he's fascinated with her. And, and you know, he just he keeps wanting to meet her when he goes mm-hmm. by her house. He finally inter- gets introduced to her because the first like four, 30, 40 minutes of this movie is is the quote unquote romance. Mm hmm. I'm just going to barrel through it because we are yes. an hour in. So, so yeah, they, they like go on a walk and like there's this, there's a sinister moment where they think it, he's like, you thought I was trying to kill you. And instead he was just trying to unbutton the top button of her blouse. Well, you I know, love it's that, Sunday. I know. But like, I love that he plays it off of like, no, I just think you should be doing something different with your hair here. Let me show you. And it's like, I love that. Like he's just futzing around with her braid. And I'm like, it is so clear. <laughs> Like, you have no idea what you're doing, my man. And then that's where the monkey face thing comes in. Is she makes, like, a, a goofy face. Like, he has, like, done their hair kind of goofy. Yeah. And she makes, like, a goofy, like, a, like a yeah. annoyed and face. Yeah, he calls her monkey face the first and time. And so he starts calling her monkey face. But then he drops her back off at home. And I love the scene where he drops her off at home. Mm-hmm. She walks, she says goodbye to him. Like, she has no intention of seeing him again. Sorry. Even though he knows she's into him because he found the yeah. clipping in her book. No, she's not. She's a good girl. She's going to do what she should do. Mm -hmm. And she overhears her own parents talking about how she's going to be a spinster Mm -hmm. and how she's just going to be alone forever. But she's the kind of person who can handle that. And he overhears it with her and she just throws herself at him, lays one on him. And she's in now. She is now 100% in because no one believes that she would be. It's you kind of get the idea that that Lena has always been she's always been, you know, just a very kind of straight laced, very good girl. And that Johnny is her rebellious phase. Yeah. Yeah. And so she like for the next like or he's supposed to pick her up at three that afternoon. He calls and cancels. Mm-hmm. And for the next week, she and I thought this was longer than a week. I know. This montage. Is oh my fucking girl, god, girl! You have gone off the deep end for this to only be a week. Yeah. Like I thought this was like two months. Yeah. Because like she, you like, you kissed the man once, and now like and he and, and now you've gone like full Juliet. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like she's looking for him everywhere. She's calling all these places. She looks him up in the phone book. She keeps looking for mail from him. She leaves messages like every. She's looking she, for marriage. Like, yeah. Like if y'all have seen the uh the emma thompson um adaptation of sense and sensibility like where like marianne like willoughby leaves and marianne is trying to like get in touch with willoughby it's that level it's that level of like calling people like calling servants at three o'clock in the morning to deliver a letter like that like that's where she's at only a week it's a week and so finally uh, like she's she's all dejected. It's been a week. She hasn't heard from him. So she's so a like, headache. Just, she's I'm, not going to go. I'm not going to go to the ball. And her mother comes. She goes. Don't you gonna wear your new dress? And it's this like black thing up to her neck. Yeah. And she's like, Oh, I just I have a headache, mother. I think I'm going to stay. And about that time, the servant brings up a telegram, and it asks her to bring herself and her. I forgot the actual. I can't remember. But, but it's it, a little space in, but like like. Like it's just it's it adorable. is a like, spot on your on your neck, yeah, yeah, like just below your neck, basically like mm-hmm. that. 
because he likes that spot on her a lot. Yeah. And so she all of a sudden, the headache is gone. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, mother. I'll catch up. With, I'll be down in just a moment. <laughs> yeah. And she throws aside the black up to her neck dress and pulls out an off the shoulder number Mm -hmm. (laughs) and she looks more beautiful than anyone's ever seen her someone actually says at the ball when she gets there is that your daughter she looks nothing like what i remember and the dad's like yeah i don't know what's going on like the the general is it general general mcclade law yeah yeah. he's like yeah i don't know what's up about that time there's a gentleman at the door he says he's with your party mr mcclade law or general mcclade law who is it and mr aesgarth I've never heard of him. I, or I don't know who it is. He's not with us. And Carrie, I'm sorry, Mr. Aesgarth. Johnny. Pushes his way into the room. Lena sees him and he whisks yeah. her out onto the floor. Like He sweet talks for a second and then whisks her out onto mm-hmm. the floor. So no one's going to throw him away and throw him out now. Mm-hmm. He's dancing with, with the general's daughter. Of course he came with the general. Yeah. And then he immediately whisks her out the back door <laughs> yeah. to the car where they go on a drive. Now, the question here is, where were they going? I don't know. Johnny. Um, you cad. Uh, yeah. And so it's here, you know, like they're driving along and, you know, and he asks her if she's ever been kissed in a car. And she says no. And he's like, would you like to be? I volunteer as tribute. <laughs> Choose me. And so, you know, they like they kiss and then, you know, some I can't remember like the the exact dialogue, but she basically asks, you know, you know, have there been many other women? And he says, I'm afraid so. One night I couldn't sleep. So I counted them the way that you count sheep jumping over a fence. And then I passed out on number 73. And 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 this is she's she's like, oh, you're like, I'm surprised that you told me that. And this is where he tells her that it's because he thinks being honest with her will get better results than the kind of like flattery and schmoozing that, you know, he would normally do. He's not wrong. And, and she, in this moment, she admits that she loves him. And this, I'm like, Jesus Christ, woman, it's, it's been, a, been week. a week. It's been a week. Like this but, is that Ophelia, calm down. Yeah. Ju- Juliet, Ju- no, you met him Friday. It's yeah. Saturday. What are you doing? Yeah. But Johnny does reply. Uh, I think I'm falling in love with you and I don't quite like it. That's why I stayed away from you this week. I was afraid of you and I didn't think it would happen like this. And they stop off at her house because like, she's, he was going to turn around, take her back to the ball and be like the sensible good guy. Yeah. And be like, I should disappear from her life. And yeah. it said she asked him to stop off and have a drink at the house. Yeah. And even though he says, I should take you back to the ball, he stops and has a drink. Yeah. Like, whenever she makes a suggestion to him like that, mm-hmm. he'll say, I shouldn't do that, and then he'll do it. Which fit, plays into the end of the movie so beautifully. Yes. But, but yeah, so they get in, in the car. I I love this scene mm-hmm. of them, like, in the study. and yes. have Because she she pours him a drink and like he's, he sits on the edge of a chair right next to her while she's pouring this drink. And, and he's, and she's just like calmly going about her business and like making these drinks. And he asks like, you know, how you can be so calm. He's like, he's like, I'm like this. And like, is like shaking, shaking. And, and he says, you know, like the very least that you could do is swoon away. And she says, I know I'm rather surprised myself. I think it's because for the first time in my life, I know what I want. And at that moment, like Johnny, like he pulls her into his lap and, and he kisses her. And then she says, are you courting me? And he says, I'm afraid I am. And because like, she's wearing that off the shoulder number and the way like he's, you know, she's sitting on his lap. I didn't notice it like the first time that I watched the movie, but he like, he's kissing on her shoulder. And I was like, oh my. (laughs) This is, this is some risque behavior. I know. And like, he's going up to her neck and stuff. Yeah. Like, man. 
And then she she asks him. They, they start talking to the portrait of her father. Yes. And and I love, but Johnny freely admits, like your father's telling you. Like, yeah, he he tells he, like he the 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 portrait of the general like he says you know tell her what you're thinking tell her i'm no good to her i can only bring her unhappiness warn her speak up man before it's too late and then he pauses and he says like hear that and she says yes she says very distinctly yeah and and johnny says you know he's not exaggerating a thing my dear it's all true every word that he's saying and she says you know i love him father and he jokes and he said, and he says, Oh, did you see him jump? <laughs> and he says, well, watch this one. And then he turns to the painting and he says, sir, I have the honor of asking for your daughter's hand in marriage. Well, what do you say to that? And the painting almost falls off the wall. Yeah. <laughs> but, but I love this aspect of Johnny before they're married is actually totally honest with her about like, yeah, I'm not good for you. And this is yeah. not a good idea. I know we love each other. But this is a bad idea. Yeah. And she says, that's okay. I'll do it anyway. It doesn't yeah. matter if my father agrees or not. She, she thinks that she's going into this with eyes open. Yeah. I mean, she sort of is just, there's one big like red check that probably needed mm-hmm. to be brought up, but, but the next, like she leaves the next morning. They elope. Yep. They, like she says goodbye to her parents mm-hmm. thinking that she's just going to town. Pick me up some more yarn while you're gone. Yeah. And she leaves and we see them get married. The- and there's like a sinister, like as they get married, there's a sinister tone that then bounces into this like happy Yeah. Tone. It, it goes from like they marry in a registrar's office on a very dreary, like rainy day. Yep. And it does have like the you know these very like the dark, beginning of the like, yeah towards, like these yeah. very like dark overtones and then as you said like bounces straight into this very like upbeat montage of like the you know places they've honeymooned in Europe and then you know then they they head home and they're at this extravagantly beautiful home that Johnny has rented and, and furnished. She brings up a couple of times like, are you sure we can? afford afford this mm-hmm. and he just just breezes over her at first just yeah totally breezes over her they he, the guy who's decorated the house asks what to do with the bill he goes oh just leave it by the front door old man yeah and the guy's like okay great i'm gonna get paid yeah it's like you find out like he's done all of this on credit yeah you know and that he and that he, he borrowed a thousand dollars a thousand pounds for them to go on their honeymoon and she's like well, i'm sorry what yeah she's just like don't didn't you have any money of your own he goes well, see, here's the thing. I honestly think she'd have been happy living in a shack with yeah. him. Yeah. Like, and she does get 500 pounds a month, so they could have figured something out. But, okay, this, this is, this moment here is because he, um, you know, like, when, when she says, like, didn't you have any money of your own? And he goes, no, not a shilling. And that's when, like, she mentions, like, it, like, clicks into place how he's always avoided the subject of money. And, and you know, and, like, he tells her he's been broke all of his life. And she calls him out on, like, why did, you know, you rent, like, such, you know, like, this extravagant home? And that's when he's like, like, okay. He's like, I, what? I was supposed to let you live in a shack? He's like, because that's all I would have been able to afford. And he says, but, you know, you shouldn't worry about that because you're going to come into plenty of money someday. And he smiles when he says that. And there's something so sinister about it. Well, he's also, like, rubbing his hands back and forth together and he can't stand still because he's yeah. kind of clean. And-, and, and, that's, and, like, that's that's the moment when finally the gears start to turn and Lena 
starts like she starts wondering if Johnny only married her for her money, but like she can't quite ask the well, question. She even says she goes, "You couldn't have just married me for my money because there's way better people that that would have been the choice." Yeah. Because he could Johnny could have probably gotten anybody with that debonair smile. Yeah. And and you know and she she says, "You know, well the little bit of income that I have, like it's never going to pay for this like, life. It's never going to pay for this." And he and he's like, "Oh, well, you know, what what about like what about your father?" And she's like, okay, you, there's no way that you could possibly be happy, like, living off your wife's income. And he's like, oh, okay, well. And then she mentions the four-letter word. Work. Yep. Well, but the other thing is her father didn't even come meet them at the station. Mm-hmm. Her, her mother Her did. mother did, but her father did not. Mm-hmm. And so her father clearly is not approving of this marriage. Mm-hmm. But her mother calls. And because her mother did meet them at the train yeah, station. Well, as they're sitting down to discuss what work Johnny can get, because she's yes. going to get him a job and that is the way it is going to be. Mm-hmm. And Johnny is like, okay, yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, and I love like he's trying to wheedle out of it. Cause he's yeah. like, okay, like, do, do you know like what it takes like to get a job is, you know, like an electric. Have been a, yeah. Yeah. Like that basically like even the most like blue collar job you know, you have to have like apprenticeships and all like, and it's years before you can even like strike out on your own. And, you know, but then her mother calls and, you know, her mother says, you know, like she, like with Lena, she talked with Lena's father and she talked about, you know, how happy Lena seemed and that kind of seemed to sway the general. And, and the so general gets on the phone and talks to Lena. And he talks to Lena. And so he is, he's sending over a wedding present. And Johnny, once again, is like doing the whole like, rubbing his hands together like oh goody 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 like what are we gonna get and he's sorely disappointed when it turns out to be two antique chairs well and as they're talking on the phone he's telling his he's telling lena johnny is like tell him we'll have him over dinner tell him this tell him i've got a lot of opportunities like tell yeah. him da, 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 da. and so she's like oh, you sent the chairs and she's so touched mm-hmm. these chairs mean so much to her and it's evident from the moment like johnny puts his feet up in one and she just gives him a look and's like no beat down yeah and he like okay okay then he gets the phone and talks to the general and he on the phone says he has because the general is kind of grilling him about a job and he's like my cousin captain melba captain melbeck yeah. has asked me to take over management of estates and i think i'm gonna say yes mm-hmm. and they hang up the phone and she's like why would you lie about that like she's got disappointment written all over her and he goes I didn't lie, dear. And he pulls the, the telegram out and shows her. He's like, well, what? You've had this all the time. Why didn't you say something? He's like, because I never dreamed that I'd actually be taking it. Yeah. He's like, I don't want to do this. Yeah. But so then but he said, you know, to make her happy, he's yeah. going to take this job. And and it's sometime later. We don't know when, mm-hmm. because as we talked about, time is amorphous in this movie. Yes. Lena comes home and finds Beaky Thwaite. In her living room, yes. Beaky, as we mentioned, played by Nigel Bruce, and 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 so you know, Lena is saying it's like, oh, you know, Johnny's Johnny's at work. You know, he'll be home soon. He's by the like, way, have you seen two chairs? They're not in here. They were in here before. Yeah, and and that's you know, Beaky. Like he mentions that you know, oh, how he ran into Johnny at the races the other day, and she's like, oh, no, 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 Johnny couldn't have possibly been at the races because he, was at work. he has a job, and. Um, and then, and then Beaky, I love Beaky because like he is, he, he is, he's going to out Johnny shit. Yeah. Like, he because no he, hesitation. he straight up says, he's like, 
don't you believe it? Not Johnny. And that's when, you know, she notices the antique chairs are missing and Beaky just straight up says, he's like, oh yeah, Johnny probably sold him to pay his racing debt. Two to one. And, and she, and she just doesn't believe it. Cause he would never do that to her. Yeah. Like he knows how much those chairs meant to her. But, and I love Beaky cause he's like, you know, he just, he talk like he just says, he says the thing. Oh yeah. He has no secret. Yeah. Like, he, he like he, yeah. he points out, he doesn't care. Like he will point out the elephant in the room, but then he like, as soon as he says the thing and then realizes like, oh shit, I just stuck my foot in it. Yeah. Like I, oh dear me, I probably shouldn't have said that. But, and so, but he's telling Lena, he's, he's like, oh yeah. He's like, just, he's like, watch this. He's like, as soon as Johnny comes in, like you ask him about those chairs, like, and I guarantee you, he will spin you some story. And sure enough, Johnny comes in and, 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 you know, Beaky, Beaky just, you know, he's like, so oh, yeah. Your wife's missing some chairs, old man. Yeah. And so Johnny immediately starts spinning this tale about how, oh, you know, oh, there was this American at Captain Melbeck's, like, the at the estate office. And he came around and he saw those two chairs and he gave, you know, he, he gave a hundred pounds a piece for them. And there was just no talking him out of it. And, yeah, no, he took those chairs. And that's kind of the end of it. Um, ex- she believes him. She lets it go. She lets it go. She goes, you really thought, but first she goes, you really thought I would sell those? He goes, I'm sorry, darling, but yeah, I thought you would. I'm, yeah. I'm sorry. Like, it never occurred to me that these priceless heirloom chairs are things that you would want to keep. Yeah. And so she she lets it go. They smile. They kiss. And, and then she's in town the next time. And she talking this, to Isadora. Yeah, Isabel. Isabel. Yeah, Isadora. She, Where did I get that? <laughs> she runs into she runs into Isabel. Like she Isabel she's is buying the, Isabel's new novel. She's buying. Yeah, because as we said, Isabel is like she's the resident mystery writer. Yeah. And Johnny and, apparently um, loves mysteries, although we never see him reading one through the entire. No, we see him carrying one around. Carrying. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but you know, she runs into Isabel and then like she and Isabel, like they're kind of chatting and walking down the street and they pass an antique store and lo and behold, there's her two chairs in the window. And she is pissed. Yeah. And, um, so she, she rushes home. Yep. She, she goes back home and that's and, where we get Beaky telling her it's not worth it to be mad at Johnny. Yeah. And, um, because yeah, she, she, she apologizes to Beaky. Yeah. She goes, I've done and, you a great, a, and a she says, you know, like she says, you know, like I owe you an apology, and he goes, "Oh, this is because of what I said about Johnny," and and tells her um, he note he he notices she's quote hot under the collar, and and then he tells her he says, you know, it's no use getting mad at Johnny. He says, if you want to get mad at me, that's another thing altogether. He goes, I annoy people, I always have, but not Johnny. No, 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 no. You mustn't be mad at Johnny, and and then at that moment, Johnny comes rushing in with, with gifts galore with a stack of parcels and and he starts doling out these expensive gifts to lena and beaky you know he got a he walk a he got a walking yeah he had a good day at the races he bought a walking stick for beaky and then he bought a necklace a fur coat and some hats for lena he got himself a dog which was actually alfred hitchcock's dog yeah. um and and then also like a fur stole but for the maid. She's and not thrilled about any no, of this. No, she's not. And he's like, oh, let's make her laugh. And he keeps doing these, d- I would have punched him in the face. Oh, God, yeah. And then he goes, oh, maybe this will cheer you up. And pulls well, out. Yeah, it's, it's like, well, first, like, she's like, how the fuck did you afford all this? And he yeah. tells her, he says, you know, he, um, that he had backed the winning horse. That it was, it was a 10 to 1 bet. And he bet 200 pounds, which got him 2,000. Where did you get the 200 pounds, John? Yeah. 
And and he said, she asked, like, where he got the 200 pounds for the bet. And he goes, oh, you know very well that there was no American. I got him for the chairs, of course. And he says that he sold the chairs to pay off a bookie. To pay off a bookie. But then, you know, this really hot tip came in and he couldn't pass it up. And um, and then, you know, that like that's when they try, like, cheering Lena up because she's so upset. And then he produces the, the receipt for the chairs. Bond which are paid for. They'll be back tomorrow. They'll be. Yeah. So he, he, I mean, he's so clever about it. Mm-hmm. He knew he, he knew he fucked up pretty hard yeah. with those chairs. Like he knew she was going to be inconsolable. Like she, she let it go, yeah. but she's not going to let it go. Like it's going to hurt forever. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, then she saw them in the window and can you imagine if she hadn't? Oh yeah. But yeah, so he, he and, did try to repair what he fixed mm-hmm. or what he broke. I should say, try to repair what he broke. <laughs> But as they're pouring a drinks to like celebrate, yes. And this this is in a this is a thing in the in the books. It's like it doesn't really come out and say it until like the first time. I was kind of confused as to what was going on with Beaky uh-huh. because Ethel brings out whatever booze they have in the house, like Johnny and Lena, like they have champagne, and Beaky pours himself like a snifter of brandy, and and in the book it it goes into like that he has just he has some kind of allergy to brandy. Yeah. And so, well, like, yeah, it's just like in the movie, I was just like, wait, what the hell is happening? It's like, Um, it's almost like a heart attack slash allergy attack. It's really strange. Yeah. Um, But but (laughs) my favorite thing is that Johnny says, are you sure you should be doing that? Like, you know, that's not good for you. Uh Like what the hell are you doing? Beaky. Uh And Beaky's like, Oh, just one time. It'll be fine. We're celebrating. So Johnny's like, yeah, be you know, okay, be, Johnny fine. Johnny asks like, if it's wise for Beaky to to drink this brandy, and he goes, "Oh, well, just this once." And he's like, oh, and, "Okay, man." Yeah, and and Johnny and Lena, you know, they toast to to this is the last bet I ever make, and that's when you know Beaky he he takes a drink of his brandy and then immediately drops the glass because he starts kind of choking, and you know Lena like tries helping him. And Johnny just stands John, very lackadaisical. Johnny, he stands very quietly and he tells her, he says, I've seen this before. There's nothing you can do. Like, it's no use, darling. It'll either kill him or it'll go away by itself. And then that's when, you know, Beaky recovers and he's like, oh, it's like, I'm, I'm so sorry. Like, I worried you. And then Johnny just kind of very ominously says, like, one of these days it'll kill him. But, and... Here's the thing about that scene. It can uh-huh. be read in two ways. When, yeah. when you like, especially later, because you could read it as Johnny is like, whatever, I'm sick of this shit. Uh-huh. Or Johnny's like, I warned him. There's nothing yeah. I can do about it anymore. And like, it, I like the, the, the duality of the way you can read so many mm-hmm. different things that Johnny says and yep. does in this. Yeah. So then we see like Lena talking with Mrs. Newsham, who I mentioned before, like yeah. talking about Johnny and Ed Newsham kind of, she like, you know, kind of asks in a roundabout way of, you know, whether Johnny has, oh, is he, has he like given up his old vices? And Lena, Lena insists that he has, but Ms. Newsham was like, oh, well then, you know, he, he must have like taken a day off from work the other day because I saw him at the races. And, and so Lena is just like, Good day to you, madam. She, and she keeps her crap together. She goes, of yeah. course I knew about that. I just wasn't, you know, she very much is doing like what we talked about yeah. with the book. She's not in public going to ever out Johnny no. as being anything but a great husband. Yeah. But she and, is not pleased. Yeah. And so she goes immediately to Captain Melbeck's office 
And, like, she asks the receptionist, like, if she can see Johnny. And the receptionist is just like, oh, um, Mr. Acegarth? Uh, no, he's not here. Maybe you should speak with Captain Melbeck. And, and Captain Melbeck shows her into his office. And, and, you know, as they talk, he's like, I promised Johnny I wouldn't prosecute. And she's like, I'm sorry, what? Yeah. prosecution like what are we talking about yeah, he fired him six weeks ago yeah six weeks ago four thousand dollars were two thousand pounds are missing yeah 2, wonder 000. where that two thousand pounds he uh-huh. spent on all those gifts and stuff came from yep mm-hmm. and and he says you know he's not going to prosecute like just yet because he's willing to give johnny the opportunity to replace the money mm-hmm. and and so at home lena starts throwing things into yep. a suitcase Writing and a note she's she, leaving yep explaining that she's leaving johnny and, and then, like and and that like explaining you know like i'm leaving you like we should never see each other again blah 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 puts it in an envelope writes his name on it and then stands up thinks differently about it and rips up the note and it's such a like the way the music is going yeah so perfect and then as she she rips up the note and she's just holding it and then johnny enters from like not the doorway it's it, it doesn't look like it the way no, that the, no okay what it is it's um be, because one thing that this movie did and i appreciate it is because of the haze code you know you can't ever have like a husband and wife in bed together and so we're shown that like they share this bed yeah i was gonna bring that up yes later. they yeah. share this bed however they each have their own dressing room. So he kind of comes in his dressing yeah, room. Yeah, so he, so yeah, he has another way like and, through his dressing room. And so he comes in through his dressing room and he goes, oh, I see you've already heard about your father. She thought he meant about the money. Yeah. And so and, he's heard about your father. And yeah. And she, he shows her the telegram, dad died in the night and she it, just collapses yeah. into Johnny's arms. And, and then they go to the will reading <laughs> And she got a painting. Uh huh. <laughs> everyone the, else the, is getting the painting like, that they talked to. Well, everyone else is getting hundreds of pounds and thousands of pounds, and, and Johnny is ready to get his. Like you can see, yeah. It's the basically it's like the bulk of the general's estate goes to his wife. Yes, and that like with the stipulation that she should continue to give Lena her um, five hundred pound allowance. Yeah, her five hundred pound allowance. Um, and and so. And then, you know, but that like, mom that, seems a lot easier. I'm just going to say Johnny could probably wheedle money out of that mom. But, yeah. you know, um, but and so but that that's when, you know, they said and, you know, in addition to like for, you know, to my daughter and, you know, her husband, blah, blah, blah. And Johnny perks up at the like, oh, oh, something extra thinking that, oh, that they're going to get some other kind of, you know, money new, or yeah, something. something else. And then that's when it turns out to be the, the portrait of the general. And he's like, yep. Okay, fuck, I need a drink. Go, Understandable. <laughs> yeah. Goes goes into the study, pours himself a drink, raises the glass to the portrait of the general, and is like, you won, old boy. Um, and then then we have I do I love this scene too. Yeah. Of Johnny, like Johnny on the on the drive home, Johnny kind of asks Lena if she has any regrets about marrying him because, you know, it's obvious to him. That her father would have left her a lot more than just a portrait if she had been anyone else other than Mrs. John Aysgarth. And and then Lena kind of she turns the question around and she asks Johnny if 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 he has regrets about marrying her. And he says that no, you know, that marrying her is like the one good thing that he's done. 
you know, and he wants to be with her for the rest of his life. And then he says, you know, but you know, if, if she were to die first and he just kind of leaves trails it, off, like, what trails, it off, trails off. And she's like, wait, hold on. What if I, what if I die first? Bad time to trail off Johnny. Bad yeah. Trail and, off. and then he, um, but then like, he, you know, he, he changed and he, he turns it back around and he says, well, you never answered my question about, you know, do you regret marrying? And she just says, I couldn't stop loving you if I tried. But she admits she, oh yeah. He goes, well, have you because, tried? Yeah. He said, he says, have you tried? And she says, yes. Once when, when I found out you lost your job with captain Melbeck, how long have you known since last Friday? Who told you captain Melbeck? I saw him. Did he tell you why? No. Suppose you tell me why. We just didn't get along. John A. Yeah. He, he had no problem being honest with her before she was his wife. Now he has to protect her. Yeah. And he doesn't want her to know. See, like so much of it is pride with Johnny. Mm-hmm. It, it, in the, it's not in the book from what you've described. In the book, it's not pride of like, I have to take care of my wife and it's my, like, that's my yeah, duty. Yeah, I didn't. It's more like, I have to take care of my meal ticket. That is my duty. <laughs> kind of yeah in this it's more like i'm ashamed of what i'm doing and so this is a shame spiral johnny is trapped yeah in. And, and so he won't admit what's really going on but they pull off the side of the road and he talks about how if he just had some money you have to start at the top in order to make it mm-hmm. and if, you know if he had 10 20 30 000 pounds he could you know this whole area over here could be a great real estate development. Yeah. Like along, along this, you know, like this coastline this on the South of is, England. Yeah. This view could be a great thing. And, and like really make like, a success. You need 20,000. Well, you know, 30. 30. Yeah. And an extra 10,000 wouldn't hurt. Cause it, it's very, <laughs> in this moment, like when I was taking my notes, I got, um, I, I don't know, like the, uh, twisted popped into my head. Cause it's stealing. It's so much easier when you've already got tons of gold. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 <laughs> But, but um, so he, the next thing you know, he and Beaky are starting this real estate development company. Yeah. And Beaky's putting up the money. They're going to buy the land, sell off a portion of it for a for a gain, and then build like a like a hotel or something. Yeah. On this kind of like make a resort. Side. Yeah. And Lena is very unsure about this idea. And yeah, and very unsure about this idea. And yeah, she, you know, she starts, Lena starts asking questions, but before Johnny can kind of, you know, explain it all away, explain it all away, Captain Melbeck rings and, and he has to like go off into another room to like, to take the call. And so Lena is like, okay, Beaky, you explain this venture to me, like making sure that he understands what he's getting into. She's like Beaky's family. We're not going to, we're not messing with our family. And, and so like, you know, Lena like in the other room, you know, Johnny's on the phone with Captain Melbeck and he says, no, like, you know, I, I've got something on right I've, now. Yeah. I've got an opportunity on right now. That'll make sure that, you know, you get paid back within a couple of weeks. And then, you know, Lena is like, she's still trying to explain to Beaky why it is not a good idea for Johnny to be the head of this new company. Because, you know, as Beaky explains like, Oh yeah, no, Johnny's doing everything like writing his own salary checks and all this. And she's just like, okay, this is not a good idea. And, and Johnny hears the end of that. Johnny hears the and end of it. And for the first time in their marriage, goes off on her in private. He, like, he sends yeah. Beaky to bed, and then, or to change for dinner. Yeah. And, and he lets her, like, this is one of his scarier moments. Yes. He he just, he, like, Johnny, he demands of Lena, like, what right do you have to meddle in my affairs? And she's she, his wife. That's the right. Yeah. And right. she, she says, you know, like, I, you know, 
like she tells him that she was only trying to get Beaky to understand he should be more active in this venture and not leave everything to Johnny. And she says, you know, if something were to happen, he should be able to take responsibility. She goes, it's not as if you're both experienced businessmen. Well, what do you know about business? Very little. Well, suppose Beaky had taken you seriously. You'd have ruined the whole scheme. Do you realize that? Yes, but it wouldn't be very good if... Well, that's my business, not yours. If I say it's good, it's good. I'm going through with this deal, and I don't want any any, any interference from you or anyone else. Is that clear? And like, and he's got her like by the arm, and it's kind of like dragging her upstairs, like while yeah. they're having this conversation. And it is very like menacing. It is one of the most menacing points yeah. he is in this movie. And then we see like the next morning, and Lena is in the garden, and Johnny comes in, and and he he very you know quietly kind of like tells Lena, you know, like I'm gonna call off the deal. And she wants to know why. And he says, I, I don't know. He maybe says, it's the soil's not yeah, any good. Yeah, maybe suppose it's... the land isn't any good. Or maybe I don't want to risk Beaky's money. Or perhaps it's a stiff job and I'm too lazy. And I'm like, I think we're hitting the nail on the head right there. But I think it's the first one. I think I think he wants her to think that it's, he's too lazy. Yeah. But also, he or that's what he thinks she thinks of him. I'll yeah. put it that way. Because he, he knows he has lost some luster in his wife's eyes. Yeah. And... I I love because she asks him if he's still angry from the night before and and she says, you know, he's never spoken to her so sharply before and that she was afraid. And it's and you know, she says, you know, well and I I was afraid and he asks he's like afraid of what? And there's something so casual about the way that he asks that and the, he has this this little smile on his face when he says, "Well, afraid of what?" And and she tells him, she's like, I was afraid you'd stopped loving me. And and that's when he tells her, he's like, no, monkey face. Like, I'm not angry and I love you very much. Um, it's just like, it's so sweet. And yet at the same time, so, so not necessarily good. Yeah. <laughs> and so, but yeah, so the, and the, like he's explaining to Beaky that, yeah, and he's that, strangely insistent that Beaky should go check out the land for himself. Which- okay, Th- this okay, this moment, this is the most Hitchcockian moment in the movie. Yes, because in because th- this is fully like an invention of Hitchcock. Because um, Beaky and Lena are playing anagrams, which is you know it's a British version of Scrabble, and and so they've got like all these you know tile letters and and things like that, and you know they're making up words and. Um, and so while they're playing anagrams, you know, Johnny is like talking to Beaky about calling off the deal. And, you know, he's very insistent. And like, and Beaky is just like, no, like, dude, like if you, if you say like, it's, it's not a good thing. Like, that's it. Like, I don't need to hear anymore. And, but Johnny is very insistent. Strangely that, insistent. Yeah. Strangely insistent that he needs to take Beaky out, out to these kind of, you know, to these bluffs, to these cliffs and show him why he isn't like why this isn't a good thing which once again there are two ways you could go about this yes the one is the way she ends up paranoidly thinking Mm -hmm. and then the other is like he's taking her advice and being like Beaky does need to be more responsible he does need to learn not to put his money in something he doesn't understand well while they're doing this lena puts together the word mutter which is m-u-d-d-e-r which Beaky tells her that's not a word it actually is a word but (laughs) um he says like oh well here like put in you know put in that r and so mutter becomes 
murder. And she all of a sudden flashes to what she thinks Johnny is going to she, do. Yeah, she suddenly has this overwhelming image of of thinking of like Johnny pushing Beaky off the cliff, full on murder, <laughs> and just murders him, and she faints. Yeah, and she she wakes up the next morning and is like, oh, f- like okay, like I have to stop this. To only like to find out that that Johnny and Beaky left two hours before. So, so she jumps in a car and takes off chases them down never finds them get yeah finally get, comes home and as she gets out of the car the light yeah di- like the light darkens yeah like, it's like a cloud goes in front of the sun as she gets out of the car at the house and the music is taken on a more sinister tone yeah and she enters the house to just see to, she hears johnny working on the radio or yeah. something in the other room and she she hesitantly enters the other room and there's beaky plugging and everything all yeah, of a pl- sudden the world is bright again plugging, yeah plugging in the radio and because you know like like one of their you know kind of first uh or like with the the dance them like it's it's a waltz that they yeah. dance to and so they plug in the radio and johnny turns it on and it's this waltz yeah and and they start um you know like she like lena just um you know she just see me like fiercely like hugs johnny and it's just basically like oh thank god like everything is fine um and johnny's like okay i'll take it but okay. yeah and and then you know and beaky is just like okay well yeah sure you think everything's fine i nearly lost my life today and johnny's like basically just like shut up just ixnay just shut up yeah and Don't tell the wife the dangerous story that i did yeah and and so the beaky and it's like lena's like wait wait a minute shh, shh. like what okay explain tell me the story tell now. tell you nearly lost your life how why tell me and and so Beaky explains he was in he was maneuvering the car like out of the cliffs and oh like oh, he's always been terrible with cars um but he was trying to maneuver the car and he was near the edge of the cliffs and he ends up like backing directly like almost tw- off the cliff almost yeah. off the cliff and Johnny like jumps into the car and pulls the brake and and she's just kind of astonished and turns and looks at Johnny and says wait like johnny saved your life and and beaky says came jolly close to losing his own too and so now lena is just like overjoyed like like See, oh then, my god like not only did he not try to kill you he saved you and, but and once again though she's like johnny could be reading this as like i didn't want to tell you the story because i didn't want you to know that i did something stupid yeah and almost died yeah whereas she needs to hear the story to make sure he didn't try to murder somebody yeah like, there are two sides to every story man yeah i know <laughs> and two perspectives and so kind of you know they're while they continue talking beaky suggests that you know as a reward for having saved his life that you know beaky says that they should have like a night of celebrating and a night on the town yeah they should have a night on the town and johnny's like okay well remember the whole thing about how you have to go to paris to like dissolve our corporation to to dissolve our corporation and and then also i'm a married man now i can't just run off and leave my wife yeah and so you know but that's that's when beaky suggests like well why don't you come to paris with me and johnny's like yeah no um wife hello i can't like however I will go with you as far as London. If that's okay. Yeah. And, um, you know, because then he would only be gone for like a couple of days. And and so, um, you know, Lena t- kind of teases Johnny that, well, you know, like you'd be better off like using that time to look for a job. He's and, like, I know, but in London, I'll be more likely to find a job than I would here. Uh, yeah, true. Probably better job opportunities in London than there are in Bournemouth. Um, but so she agrees to let him go. 
And yeah, but the, yeah, that she'll that he can go as far that he'll go as far as London, but then after that, Beaky is on his own. And um, and I love this moment because um, Beaky Beaky starts telling this story about the last time that he was in Paris, and um, and he's like, you know, like and I met like I was at the Champs Elysees and I met this young lady, and then only found out much later that she was actually. And then Johnny's just like, <clears throat> oh. <clears throat> <laughs> yeah almost put my foot in it again didn't i yeah he, like walks out of the room and it's just in this moment like i was watching carrie grant like through this whole yeah. scene and just he is having way too much fun here yeah <laughs> yeah but um but yeah, so yeah. then while johnny is away some detectives come to see lena um and they end up telling her that beaky has died in paris and they have come here to make inquiries on uh, behalf of the Paris police. And um, and so she, you know, she asks how it happened. And, you know, they present, um, they, like, they, pre- like, they read her, a, like, a telegram from the Paris police. And it says. Um, they show her the paper, too. Well, they yeah, they show her the paper that is announcing that Beaky had died abroad. But the telegram from the police is the one that explains how it happened, and it says Thwaite visited the place in the uh, visited the place in the company of another Englishman. Both men had evidently been drinking. On arrival, Thwaite ordered a bottle of brandy. According to the statement of one of the waiters, Thwaite's companion asked for the brandy to be served in large beakers. Apparently, as a result of a bed between the two men, Thwaite filled one of these beakers to the brim and drank it all. The other man was not present when the actual tragedy happened, having left the place a few minutes before. French police have not yet succeeded in establishing his identity. According to the waiter, who has a slight understanding of English, the man's name would appear to be All Beam or Hold Beam. But he and, called everyone Old Bean. So yeah. it wouldn't have, like, that's not... Yeah. <laughs> like, it's, it's not right. definitive evidence. <laughs> but they, you know, they found in Beaky's possession that they found, like, papers detailing the corporation that he had founded with Johnny. And, you know, they ask Lena about the corporation. And she says, you know, Beaky had gone to Paris to dissolve it, but apparently died before it could happen. And so now this makes Johnny look suspicious because the... You know, the corporation wasn't dissolved, so if he and Beaky were partners, then that money would probably go to him. But, you know, we don't really get a whole lot, a whole lot about this. And, and the, but the detectives leave, and then Lena has a moment of, like, you know, she's alone in this room with her father's portrait. And she's, she's talking to the portrait, and it's just adamant that... You know, oh Johnny didn't Johnny didn't go to Paris. No, he couldn't have. He didn't go to Paris. But she's called. So, but she calls his uh, his, his club, club where he's staying, and he checked out yesterday afternoon. Yesterday morning. Yesterday morning. Yeah. And and, and so then he could be in Paris theoretically. Theoretically, but at that moment, Johnny comes home, and you know he's he's very saddened about Beaky's death. Understandably. Yeah, and he, he tells her he's like I I really loved him. Like, he's just like yeah. Aside from Lena, he loved Beaky more than anyone in the world. And then he goes, oh, but I'm only thinking of myself. You cared about Beaky too, like she's yeah, like, yeah. I liked him. And so like they have this moment where she thinks her husband murdered Beaky. He thinks they are just mourning together. Yeah, and it's it's in this moment that he comes in. He comes into the room carrying one of Isabel's books. Yeah, that's right. And and he he sets it down on the table, and she tells him that the police were just here and and he asks like oh well, what did you tell him and 
And and she's like, I just, you know. Because any con artist is going to be jumpy when the police come around. Yeah. And and then he asks, he's like, well, did did you tell him about the corporation? He, yes. He's like, well, what did you say? I wish you'd left that to me. Yeah, <laughs> just, just that you were dissolving it. Well, you should have left that to me. Like, he's very jumpy about it but then you know she says well okay the 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 cops wanted to talk to you so he he calls the inspector and and over the phone he tells the inspector that he drove up to london with beaky on tuesday that he dined with him at the savoy that night and then he saw him off at the croydon airport and then he stayed in london at his club until this afternoon when he headed home yep which lena knows is a lie and yep. and then seeing this murder mystery that he's brought in, seeing it on the table, she decides to go see Isabel. Yep. And um, Lena, she goes to Isabel the next day and says that she stayed up all night reading Isabel's latest book. And she asks this, you know, she poses this kind of moral quandary to Isabel because she's the, the premise of Isabel's book. It was called like the Footbridge Murder. And like what happened in it was that the quote unquote murderer of the book he didn't really kill the person. He he led somebody that he knew couldn't swim onto a rickety footbridge. The person fell into the water and drowned. And so Lena's like, well, okay, but you know, that couldn't really be murder. From a moral and, standpoint. And, you know, and Isabel notes that, well, okay, you know, but this, you know, I mean, it's it's just kind of, yeah, it's a moral quandary. And that, and Isabel notes that this footbridge scenario like it's in her book that it's basically the same thing as what happened with beaky and um and that you know and she says you know if they ever did find this other man with him would the brandy like would it be considered murder or an accident mm-hmm. and and so isabel is like oh yeah okay you know they're there was this serial killer who who basically did the same thing. Like he used like the brandy trick. Yeah, it's 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 as old as time. Ever like people have been using it, and there was this one serial killer who used it for a while, and but then he eventually like straight up like moved on to poison. Here, like there's this whole book about it. Like I'll find it, and she goes over to her shelves to look for it, and um and it's like so she can lend it to Lena, and then suddenly remembers like oh okay no it's not here. Oh right, I lent it to Johnny weeks ago. Yeah. And and so Lena goes home, immediately starts going through Johnny's stuff, looking for mm-hmm. Isabel's book, and she finds it in Johnny's dresser, and inside is a letter to Captain Melbeck, and the letter, it's a plea to Captain Melbeck to just be patient, because Johnny is sure that he can come up with another way to repay the money that he stole, or the money that he stole. And she kind of like puts everything away back where it was. And about that time, the phone rings yep. and it's an insurance agent and this insurance agent, he, he calls to speak to Johnny, leaves a message for him and says like, tell Mr. Asgard that there's been a delay in replying to his inquiry, but we've written a letter about it and it, it should be you, there in the morning post. It should be there with the morning post. And so the next morning, Lena is very anxiously awaiting the morning. This is the part where I was like, hey, because there's a couple of times I thought maybe that they had separate bedrooms Mm -hmm. because when she came downstairs, like, is he having breakfast or whatever? No, he's full on face down asleep in bed. Yes. And and because that's what this movie does. There are times that like, 
when like after like she fainted like the morning that you know that johnny and beaky were supposed to go out i loved it because she wakes up in bed like after having like fainted the night before she wakes up and she looks into the she looks beside her in the bed there is clearly a head print on the pillow but this is the first time you see him like yes and so this time she's up before him and she's she's out of bed already, looking out the window for the post. He's asleep in bed. So I loved this workaround for yeah. never for not showing married couples in bed it's together. Great. And it's great. so yeah, then and then she, she checks the mail. She, he got a couple of letters, and she sees that there are two from life. There, there's the life insurance yeah. ones, and um, and she and watches she, in the mirror like mm-hmm. as he reads it, sticks it in the pocket of his coat. Yeah, and then he goes off to to take a bath. And, and it's like, as soon as he's in the other room, she goes over, grabs the letter out of his jacket pocket and the, the letter from the insurance company, it reads replying to your inquiry regarding a loan of 500 pounds against insurance policy number, blah, blah, blah. We regret to state that under the condition of this policy, such a loan cannot be granted. According to the terms of the policy, payment can only be made in the event of your wife's death. And but as she started to read it, he all he actually yells out the door, and she panics for a second. Yeah, this moment of tension that was great. Yeah, but he just needed more soap. But yeah, it's just and, I love like the little moments of tension that happen. Yeah, um, and I I love the moment when you know he he comes out he comes out of the bath and she's back like standing at the window and like she's trembling and and he you know and he he says something he's like you know honey like you know darling like you're shivering. And, and she's like, are you cold? And she's like, yeah, I guess I just have a bit of a chill. And so he wraps her up close and, you know, and he, and he kisses her and let me warm you up. Yeah. Like I volunteer as tributes once again. We know. I'm going to say it again. I have to, it's there. Um, But you know, and then he asks her, he's like, he's like, do you know, do, do we have anything like we have to do tonight? She says, yeah, we're having dinner with Isabel. And, and so that night they go to dine with Isabel and, um, Isabel's brother, who is a medical examiner. Yep. And that's where she gets all of her best ideas. Yes. That's where she, she gets all of her best ideas. And, and then also I love, there's this other random woman who we never find out her name, um, who is also there dining with them. This woman dressed like very short hair and dressed in a suit. And I love it. It's very like Marlena Dietrich. <laughs> and, uh, and I, and in the special feature that I was watching, they were commenting on that of like, they uh, just, people like loving that this is in there of like we have no idea who she is she might be isabel's lover and i love it like it's great i was like that's kind of what i assumed um but you know she's Hayes code she's her female companion yeah um yeah so they they begin talking about murder yeah like the newest novel and he doesn't like the way (laughs) she did the murder because yeah he's telling her like it's it's way too complicated that to kill somebody it should be done simply and so lena's just like oh okay well how would you do it simply and and he says well you know like i'd I'd use you know the most obvious method is is you know but most importantly the most important thing about it is that no one would no one should suspect him and you know and he suggests that a poison such as you know like i'd maybe use something like arsenic and that's when isabel's brother pipes up and and explains that arsenic lingers in the body for a really long time and that it can be detected even years later and you know detected upon like exhumations and things like that 
But did you ever catch the killer? Yeah. Um, no, no, actually we didn't. It's probably oh, hundreds and, of killers running around uncaught. Thousands even. Yeah. And, and Lena kind of like, she wonders like, you know, well, like I suppose, you know, like, or like, do you suppose like, you know, that murderers, you know, that they, that they could be happy. And, and Isabel says that, you know, like she thinks that rather than being happy, that that murders like they would likely be living with a constant fear of discovery since you know arsenic can be traced that you know gun barrels leave leave uh marks on bullets and you know like hairs can be identified so you know like then obviously you know like there's like there are ways of being found out like nothing is infallible and johnny kind of makes the comment he's like well i mean like surely by now somebody would have come up with an untraceable poison and at that moment isabel and her brother kind of look at each other and then he's like i don't know hey hey i saw that i saw that (laughs) like i saw that tell tell me what is it and and they won't tell and they're just like see that sky today talk about blue the brother full-on lies because oh there's no such thing it's not that nothing like that exists it doesn't exist in in the world and you know johnny like really wants to know what it is he's like i mean come on like look at this face he's like there's no way i could be a murderer and 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 it's a thing apparently that uh Isabel can tell so by looking at someone's face if they could be a murderer or not. And they kind of go around the table like, could Mrs. Aesgarth be a murderer? Oh, no. She's much like me. She'd never have the nerve. Yeah. You know, it kind of goes on the table and finally they end on Johnny. And she's like, oh, Johnny could never kill anyone. Not in a hundred thousand years. And Johnny's like, no, I couldn't. And he seems disappointed by this. I know. But Lena is somewhat reassured for the moment. Not Um, so much. I mean, for a brief second, yeah, when, it's when, when Isabel's like, oh, Johnny, my dear, like, no, 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 you could never kill anybody in a hundred thousand years. And Lena just kind of like, oh, thank God. And then he's like, yeah, I suppose. And then she's like, oh, oh, fuck. Oh, God. Because they get back to the house that night. And this yeah. is. This, this is, okay. oh my Carrie god Grant is fucking phenomenal in this scene i know it, oh it's good so they come in and he's like you're still shivering are you getting sick what's going on yeah and she and basically well, tells him hold, to sleep in hold, his hold, hold on hold on before we get to that we get even more tension building because yeah. they go into the house and johnny is locking the door oh yeah, yeah she's yeah. like he's locking the door and she's like wait wh- why are you locking the door like i mean ethel's not home and he's like like okay it's ethel's day off Ethel won't be here until tomorrow morning. And she's like, oh, well, what about the cook? And he's like, okay, obviously you've forgotten cook is on holiday. And so now having had this dinner and like everything that she's found out, Lena is like very rattled. And so now she's realizing like, oh, God damn it. I'm going to have to be in the house with this man who maybe wants to kill me. Like I'm going to be alone with him. And so that's when they, um... Like, and then like, she's so reticent. Like she doesn't want to go. And he just, takes her hand and pulls her along upstairs and again like with the lighting and it builds this yeah. tension so well and then and um, he, like tries to help her take her jacket off yeah and she's like no yeah and he and this is you know she she starts shivering again and he kind he kind of makes the comment of like like oh well, you should you should get ready for like change you should change and you know get into bed and that'll keep you warm and she's and he starts to like help her take off her dress and she's like ah no mm-mm and and she pulls away when he starts to unbutton that top button and he laughs he looks kind of like our first the first time we were yeah the first like that day on the hill when you wouldn't let me undo the top button then and lena like she just she says you know like i'm i'm just in a state and 
like I've not been sleeping well and like I just I think I need to His be alone tonight falls into not sleeping and well. and asks and he says like would you mind sleeping in your dressing no, she room doesn't say, would you mind she says you you need to sleep I need to be alone you need to sleep in your dressing room yeah and, and he, the way his face falls when she says like I'm not sleeping well with you basically and yeah like, and I, you used to sleep used yeah. to be unable to sleep when I wasn't there yeah you used to sleep badly when I wasn't here and now you all right if that's the way you feel about it, good night. But the look on his face yeah. when she says that, cause her back is to him. He is devastated. Yeah. He doesn't. And and to look at it from his perspective, because we know that, I mean, I don't know how Cary Grant felt at the time, but the character is not a killer to us. Yeah. <laughs> like, we know now the, this character is not going to kill her. And so, But that way his face falls. Like, yeah. He is, he's like, I don't know what I did to make my wife hate me yeah but it's finally happened she's finally fallen out of love with me yeah which if he had murdered her makes me wonder if that would have been like the final nail in the coffin (laughs) right like he was holding off until he knew she didn't love him anymore as soon as he's out of the room like she has been so wound up and so stressed that she just like she collapses yeah and like she kind of collapses against this chair and you think like like she just like she needs a second but then she just full out faints yeah and the next thing that we see is she wakes up in bed and johnny is on one side of the bed and like isabel's on the other and isabel is on the other and you find out she's been asleep all day because you know isabel's brother came over he gave her a sleeping pill to calm her nerves and allow her to rest and and Johnny's like, okay, like you you've been asleep all day, like you need something to eat, and he goes off to get her something, and and Isabel Isabel kind of comments, to, you know, that Lena needs to get better really quickly. She says, if you leave me alone with that husband of yours much longer, my career will be over. Flirted with you, I suppose. Flirted worse than that. He's worming all my secrets out of me. I suspect him of writing a detective story on the side. What what secrets? He's always pestering me. And I always swear I won't tell him, and then I always do. And Isabel, she's ashamed to admit that Johnny, he got the name of the untraceable poison out of her. Then she says, imagine, a substance in daily use everywhere. Anyone can get his hands on it. And within a minute after taking, the victim's beautifully out of the way. It's like, mind you, it's undetectable after death. Uh, is, is whatever it is painful? not not in the least like i should think it would be a i think it'd be a most pleasant death and then we get the greatest sequence of this movie yes of the it's oh my god it's so sinister it's so chilling and it's beautiful it's so gorgeous and you see it's johnny coming out of the kitchen it's night it's nighttime and he's holding like this tiny little tray and on it is a glass of milk and i love what they did because to make the milk stand out and to be somewhat sinister in this scene they put a battery powered light bulb in the milk yeah <laughs> like to make and, it glow and johnny is all in shadow he's like, all the in whole shadow house is in shadow and it's yeah it's just this shot of him like walking out of the kitchen and then slowly up the stairs and then we see him like put the milk on on lena's bedside and then he he kisses her goodnight this is good night, Lena. Yeah. And leaves And that it. was supposed to be his last line of the movie. Yeah. That was supposed to be the end. Um, but the next morning, we see Lena is packing to go to her mother's. And the milk is untouched. And the milk is untouched. 
And, um, and she, and he's like, I just don't understand like why you're going to your mother's. And she's like, I'm just, I'm not feeling well. And, and mother is just real lonely, like over there, like and all by herself. And, and so she and, suggested I come over and he's mad. Like he's mad he's and it's hurt. He's hurt. But yeah, he's, and it's because he thinks that like she's leaving because she's upset with him and, and she's going to drive yeah. herself, but he's, you know, he's, he's, he insists on driving her. It's like, and it's so, like that moment of like almost petty, like. I don't know why you're mad at me, but if you're going to go, I am going to take you because yeah. this is, I am not letting you leave without talking to you. Like this is, yeah. he's so mad because she won't speak to him about whatever is really bothering her. And he knows yeah. I mean, they've been married at this point, probably for a few years. Yeah. He knows that something is up. Like he's not stupid. Mm -hmm. And he also, with what we probably find out in a minute, he's getting ready to leave her forever. Yeah. And so he he wants his last days with his wife to be nice. Yeah. And so well, yeah, he, he loads we, in the car and, we, and he's driving we, way too fast. Well, at first like we, we see that like before he starts driving too fast, we see oh, yeah. we see them driving and her door kind of pops open because this is really old cars, old cars guys. Yeah. And and so her door kind of pops open. And he reaches across her and just very quickly, like, pulls it closed. And then it's just, it's this delicious, like, tension building of, yeah. as the tempo of the music increases, so does the speed of the car. Yep. We see, you know, it, he's going 40 miles an hour on this, like, hairpin stretch of road next to, you know, next on, on like, a seaside cliff. He goes, I'm going to take and a shortcut. And yeah. And then, and then, like, seeing his hands, like, tighten on the wheel and as the speed jumps up to 50 and Lena gets really anxious and like she's looking at, you know, like these dangerous curves in the road ahead. She's looking down like at the cliffs that they could go over. And then, you know, the, the car gets up to 60 and we're coming to a fork in the road. And he's he's like, OK, like I, I'm going to take the shortcut. And like now we're on. Like, gravel. <laughs> yeah. Like to Tokyo drifts the car into like to yeah. the to the left, like to the left. And like so now we're like really like on the cliff side. And they're, it's on like a gravel road. They're bouncing all over the place. And, and yeah. The and the door pops open. open and he reaches over and she believes he's about to push her out. So she screams and grabs his arm and, and tries she's to get fighting away, him, fighting him. And he finally like pulls the like he gets the door he shut. Sl yeah slams he, yeah slams the brakes stops the car and he goes like my god woman yeah like i and he I, yeah you, you i don't know what i have done but you pull away from me so much yeah i'm like oh, it's yeah so I've, I've got it here like you know he slams on the brakes and like she jumps out of the car and he chases her and like he grabs a hold of her and like is demanding to know like what the fuck has gotten into you and he says i've had enough he's like how much do you think a man can bear like listen to me you throw me out of your room you go off running to your mother's and now you're shrinking away from me as though you hated me you're my wife lena you almost killed us both back there because you had to pull away even when i was reaching over to save you from falling out of the car what well you don't have to put up with me anymore and then lena like starts she's like huh like and she's, she, you know, she, she kind of starts piecing things together. And she's like, wait, Johnny, like, wh where are you going? First, I'm taking you to your mother's. And then don't worry, I won't bother you again. And then she, she just starts like demanding to know, like answers to all of these questions that she has had, like demanding to know why he was asking Isabel about that poison and what he planned to do with it. 
And when he doesn't answer, she, she realizes he was, together. he was going to use it to kill himself. And he says, you know, he saw it as the cheap way out and that he plans to, like, go back so he can, quote, see it through prison term and everything because he's going to give himself up for stealing the money from Melbeck says, I can't pay it back. I've made the last attempt to raise money when I went away with Beaky. I went to Liverpool. I tried to borrow money on your insurance, but it didn't work. You mean you were in Liverpool when Beaky? Then you didn't go to Paris. Of course not. You think I'd have let some idiot give poor old Beaky that brandy if I had? If only I'd known, Johnny. This is as much my fault as it is yours. I was only thinking of myself, not what you were going through. If I'd been really close to you, you could have confided in me, but you were afraid to. You were ashamed to come to me. Oh, if only I'd understood. Oh, Johnny, it'll be different now. We'll make it different. People don't change overnight, Lena. I'm no good. Let's turn back. Let's go home and see it all through together. It won't work. I'm driving you on to your mother's. It will work. I know it will. Johnny, please. This isn't your problem, Lena. But it is. You can't shut me out. Turn the car around and let's go home. Please, Johnny. No, Lena. No. My darling. And this is where we get, I love this, we get a wide shot of the car. And I'm like, we, we don't hear anything from them. It's just a wide shot of the car kind of sitting at this like side of the road. And then the car makes a U-turn. And basically... And it, he wraps his arm around her. Yeah, we see him wrap his arm around her. Because basically, it's like he pulls up to the edge of the road. He could turn left and take her to her mother's. He can turn right and head back home the way they came. And he turns right. And, and he turns around just like... Yeah. It's just like when he should have taken her back to the ball. Mm-hmm. He, t- he took her to her yep. house instead. Like, so you think that it, it ends with a changed Johnny? Kind of. I Like, I, it's... Okay, this is one of those things... Because you know me. I love an ambiguous ending. Oh, yeah. And I'm fine with that. Yeah. Th- this yeah. one I'm fine with. It's because it, it at least he presents at least a a front of a changed man. Yeah. That he is now willing to accept responsibility for his actions and the terrible things that he has done. Yeah. That's at least what we're told. And so now from here on, it's up to us to decide, has he really changed? Or is this just a ploy? We don't know. Or is this all just a ploy and he's really going to kill Lena as soon as they're home? Exactly. <laughs> we, we don't know. And so, yeah. like, that's, I love an ambiguous ending. Yeah. And so, depending on the day, it's, it just depends on what day you ask me. And, like, yeah. whether or not he's a changed man or whether he's going to kill her as soon as they get home and or make even, it look like, like an accident. Or even just try to wait it out till her mom dies. Because once her mom dies, she's getting everything else. Like, Probably. let's be honest here. <laughs> You know, unless her mother pulls like an Aristocat. I don't and, think her you know. mother is that is is that like I don't want to say smart, but what we've seen of her mother, we we see nothing of her. We mother. see like the few little clips with her mother, and her mother is much kinder than her father. Mm-hmm. The few things we see, her mother is much yeah. kinder and more giving than father. So, but um, but yeah, I do. I want I, him to be a changed man. Yeah, <laughs> but addicts. <laughs> so. <laughs> You know, like it's yeah. just like I said, it just yeah. it depends. It depends on the day you and ask he's me. He's probably going to jail, probably, unless she can wheedle two thousand pounds out of her mom, mm-hmm. which maybe she could. I don't know. Possibly, I don't know if she'd try. But see, that's the other thing is that I appreciate about him versus the book. From what mm-hmm. you said, 
he never actually comes out other than one time offhandedly as a joke asks her for money mm-hmm. when they first get home and she finds out he owes a thousand pounds for their thing he goes you don't have to have a thousand pounds lying around you just give me do you mm-hmm. and she kind of laughs she's like no yeah and and so other than that he never asks her for anything no. and in in the book he's constantly asking her for and money I, but like i appreciate that about yeah. his character so much and i don't think against the i don't think that would have been against the Hayes code for him to be like asking her for money no it was just a character thing that i liked mm-hmm. i liked that their relationship was real no mm-hmm. matter what they loved each other yeah. like there was that like almost toxic like, oh yeah her her love for johnny is almost to a toxic level yes absolutely i mean i want to believe that like they go home and maybe johnny starts talking to her more because they're also the kind of couple who could 100 percent plan someone else's murder to get the money and get away with it <laughs> so <laughs> i'm just saying like or ask isabel isabel's got some money borrow money from isabel like you haven't tapped that i mean yeah yet. i don't know that isabel would have two thousand pounds at the ready but she might, you never know <laughs> You never know until you ask. But that's the thing. Johnny yeah. only asks certain people mm-hmm. and only the people that he can kind of get away with. Mm-hmm. So it's just, it's an interesting, I like the movie a lot, of course, but, mm-hmm. but yeah, like, does he really change is always, and see, I like that ending. I mean, the, the original ending is, is fine and it's good and it's great. It probably would have been great. And it's, it would have been like a great movie. Like he, he doesn't get away with murder, but I don't yeah. know. There's something about this ending. I know a lot of people don't agree with me. They think this ending is way off. I don't love her dialogue at the yeah. end. I think, her dialogue, I think is... her dialogue at the end here is more reminiscent of Lena in the book. That's fair. Yeah. But, but like just her like, Oh, you should have told me. Oh, Johnny. And she, because she's, she's making it. She's, she's yeah. taking, she's taking all of the blame. And she this take is all- some of the blame because she should have brought it up to her husband a lot sooner. Like talking to each other is something these two are not good at. No. Like, communication is not their friend. No. And they really should work on that. Because they got married after only knowing each other for a fucking week. I know people that have done that and are were married and happily married. I think that he's still, as long as the husband's still alive, I haven't talked to the family in a really long time, but they were happily married for oh, at yeah. least 40, I, like 37, I, 40 yeah. years. But, but yeah, yeah, it's funny. Just in this situation. Yeah. Of, yeah. Like, no. I mean... For me, I always struggle with, like, the married in a week. You don't know anything about that person. Uh-huh. Like, you know how they are for a week. I am a different person some weeks. Like, it, yeah. is, it is not, like... Same. It's so funny mm-hmm. to me. Like, but, yeah, they... I mean, like I said, I want them to live happily ever after. Mm-hmm. Do they? Because I, I think... I leave that to you. Because I think that... I think that's the thing... Like, I kind of want it for this movie. Because this is... This almost feels like about like the closest to a happy ending that a Hitchcock movie gets. I mean, I, I'm North Point like, Westons have pretty happily the to catch a thief ends pretty happily. Well, okay. I'll put it this way of like, cause again, you and I have very different tastes when it's it, true. when it comes of to the movies ones you have watched. Yes. Okay, of fair. the ones that I have watched. Cause I'm the, you know, I'm more of the like shadow of a doubt, yeah, true, <laughs> you know, like psycho. This is my jam. I'm the like yes. I'm like give me the movies that are based on Ed Gein, <laughs> you know. But, but yeah, like this is a a open ended, yeah, like, ambiguous a, happy ending. Yes, yeah. and that's that's something that I appreciate. I always love an open ending, like an ambiguous ending. And it I us, like, like you said the other day when we were talking about one. It, this leaves us imagining what could be. Yeah, and like like Lena could mm-hmm. grow a backbone and 
not allow him to do certain things. Mm-hmm. Lena should take over money management for the household. In Let's the book, just... in the book, she does. Yeah, see, that's not the case in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> I think if that were the case in the movie, things would be a little bit different. Yeah, in the in the book, she she eventually like she takes over like running all the finances. Yeah. And, and so he has to, like, he has to manipulate money out of her and, you know, like this whole thing of, you know, oh, well, darling, like, you know, how, how much of an allowance are you going to give me? And she's like, well, what, what's wrong with, you know, the, what's wrong with the 300 that you, you know, what's wrong with the 300 pounds that I already give you? Like, well, you know, with the car and the high, you know, and all these sort of things. And so he asks for 600 and she's like, I'm sorry, are you fucking crazy? (laughs) And they end up like talking it like, okay, well, we'll settle on 500. And then, you know, and that's when he starts off of like, oh yeah, you know, like it, cause it costs $400 or like it costs 400 pounds a year to keep a car. And she just kind of goes along with it. And like, there's some things like she won't let him slide on, but others where she has no idea, like the car. Yeah. Yeah, She, she gives in. And even when people call her on it, she's just like, oh, well, that's just Johnny. (laughs) And so even in the book, like where she has control over the finances and the money, and even when she realizes he's manipulated money out of her to keep a flat so he can fuck other people. Yeah. She's just like, yeah, okay. Uh, yeah. It, it yeah. absolutely baffles me. But what do you rate this movie? Four and a half out of five. I like five out of five is, is like there, but I'm going to say four and a half out of five. Cause it's not my favorite Hitchcock grant film. I think as much as I love it, mm-hmm. there's a part of me that wants to give it a four and a half. I think if we had done this a couple months ago when I rewatched it, yeah, when when I bought it or when I brought it from the library, I probably would give it a four and a half. I think today, after having rewatched the movie and having read the book, I think I'm giving it a four. It's it's a very it's a solid four. <laughs> it's it, like it's depending on the day, it would go between four and four and a half. Mm-hmm. But um, but that's that's where I'm at today. It might <laughs> it might change at some point. So do you have anything else to add, darling? That is it for me. All right, then that will get it for this episode of Couch Buddies. As always, we thank you so very much for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Bye. Bye. If you enjoyed this episode of Couch Buddies, why not leave us a rating and review over on iTunes? And while you're at it, don't forget to hit the subscribe button on your podcast app so you never miss an episode. If you'd like to get in touch with us, you can find us by searching on social media. We're Couch Buddies Pod on Facebook and Twitter, on Tumblr at couchbuddies.tumblr.com, and you can email us at couchbuddiespod at gmail.com.